Lieutenant. I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm joined by... Josh. And Nick. Uh, and today's episode will be focusing on ITS 15. Uh, a little bit late, but better than never. Um, so this will be... Maybe maybe like a little bit more than first impressions, like a mid-impressions mm. sort of thing, because I think we've got a couple of... I think we've all got a decent amount of games under our belts, even with some of the new scenarios. No second um, and third impressions, let's go with that. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So unlike some other uh, uh, podcasts that'll jump straight in and have to make uh, corrections later on and apologies to Coverspelly. We can do this exact same thing, but claim that we've had experience. <laughs> yes, we still make mistakes and uh, have to apologize. And Yeah. Uh, but before we get into it, standard sort of thing, we're going to do a catch up. I'm going to say, Josh, what have you been up to? Uh, ooh, uh, great. All things, um, all things Infinity. Just um, I've played uh, all of the new missions with the exception of last launch, but I have a... Um, the claim to fame of helping Dante test his version of that when he was writing it for the the loss of Lieutenant custom mission challenge. So yeah. will um will allow me to um uh that little that little piece of um fame. Uh, the I played what well, so I've played Extraction. I've played B Pong. Um, and I've. I think that's it. Extraction and B-Pong are the only two new missions. Apart from last launch. Um, uh, extraction, oh, such a difficult mission. Very difficult to score high on. But, you know. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll still talk about that. Still fun when, um, during the thing. Yeah and, yeah, and I've also been playing some reinforcements games, which is, um, you know, something that's good, especially considering... Uh, it's still up in the air if CanCon is going to be reinforcements or not, and that can I can be totally wrong about that when this goes to air. Um, I think the uh, vote is still open, but yeah. yeah, by the time we go to publish this, it might be closed. It yeah. might be closed. <laughs> so you know, at the at the time of recording, uh, it's still up in the air whether CanCon is going to be reinforcements or not. So I've been testing some reinforcements to see if uh, I like it. I do like the mission. Um, I've, I do like the the game mode. I do like the format. Feels like some uh, some um, factions are better than others. Uh, well, at least a little, just a little bit more um, suited to it than others. Uh, I much prefer running Ariadna um, through the lenses of Caledonia um, than over uh, vanilla combined. Um, and there's some yeah. thoughts from Dante about Pano and Nomads in there as well. I think, I think as far as reinforcements goes, um, the like the factions that the reinforcements sort of fill a hole that they may not have been able to fill. Um, Maybe. just like, like their basic sort of things probably feels better than like you know you said like you said combined army combined army have pretty much everything yeah so really the reinforcements adds at most some forward deploying specialist or something like that yeah i think um, i'd prefer to run like a sectorial reinforcements but i don't know mm. like i've still got to do a couple a bit more testing 
Um, but other than that, I'm just sort of continuing my doing being on my villain arc and playing some vanilla combined. But I'm trying to test out some of the more um, or the less mainstream profiles, I should say. Yeah. You're not playing the villain right now. Yeah, I am. Uh, no, I oh, no, no, right, we've got to see. play Spyro. I have to play Spyro now. Yeah, no, um, combined is totally not the villain right now. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's on equal political footing. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, so I'm testing some of the main, less mainstream profiles out. Um, for example, the Ski of Oros. Uh, he's a wonderful little egg, and I picked up a an actual model, um, and so I've been powering around with that guy. Yeah, the super fun. old, the old school model where he's got like yeah, it's great. He's, he's got like the uh, he's got the old predator skull and spine in one of his hands. That's the one. Yeah, it's gonna be a joy uh, to Nick, paint. Yeah, uh, Nick, what have you been up to? Well, we had the four hundred point tournament, and I actually ran assassins for that. Uh, two Sundic butts, uh, uh, beautiful. Uh, <laughs> had a game into JSA. Uh, and set them all up, all four decoy and drill tokens up in a tower. And um, he picked the wrong two and had an Oyeroi deployed uh, in sight of both real Sonic butts. <laughs> I'm assuming, the, I'm assuming, considering you me, me mentioned the Oyeroi, you, you've, um, you took the new, yeah, new Sonetics for your back? Uh, no, Neurosynetics uh, AP Spitfire. Oh yeah, that's good. Uh, but yes, the the Oyeroi, uh was lost the second order on his first turn, and he went first. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, they. I don't know if yeah. I, I don't know if I want to say they're deceptively hard to get rid of because um, I think uh, people have realized now that they're very difficult to get rid of. Yes. But yeah, they yeah. are. They can be a nightmare if. You're not essentially, you know, it's it's sort of like taking out a TR bot, except that it can fuck up twice, um, yes. and it's really hard to make it do it because it's four armor. Yes. Um, so yeah, that was a fun tournament. Uh, the biotech four mission ended with four models on the table between myself and my opponent. That was so, me. Yes. <laughs> yes, we had a lovely game there. We uh, we, we didn't hmm? cover the four hundred tournament, did we? I think. We did. Uh, no, we did a happened. little bit. Between last episode and this one, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose just quickly then, uh, we obviously heard a little bit about Nick's experience. Josh, what was, what was your experience running 400? 400 point limited session. I went. I took an avatar and went brr. Um, one of my lists was avatar and Athematic. The other one was an avatar Sphinx. And, and they were both great lists. And I very much enjoyed running the avatar. But I never will run it in a 300 point game i don't think avatar, not, you don't want to run an avatar in a 300 point game yeah, I just said, uh, yeah it's too expensive too spenny it's too spenny for me yeah, 126 I mean, it, points is a lot yeah it is it pretty much forms the center of a 300 point list 400 points it's big yeah but it's not, you can it's not the entire you put, a, you put a lot of support into a 400 point limit insertion list that you just can't afford to have in a 300 point list and um, there are just so many things that can take out an avatar now fairly easily. And, you know, I've been, I, you know, I spent the last year playing 
the, the one of the factions that can do it fairly easily and I'm very conscious of, very conscious of how a shinobu can just come in and monofilament yeah. and an avatar and then ruin my entire day because 174 points and f- 4 SWC after an avatar is dead just you just can't finish a game with that oh, very difficult to finish a game with that much prefer to take some more mid-rangey peak profiles in uh, in in vanilla combined but i'm still testing out some yeah um did you have any any other bits and uh games or anything you want to talk about nick oh um on that i know i said i was going to try to be going into assassins for a while and then immediately after the tournament got distracted by qk <laughs> And so I've been running a... Because um, they get an extra uh, Harris now, don't they? Yes, they got an extra Harris. So I've been running a triple Harris. Fantastic. Well, two Harris and a core of three. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. You can play some Spiral Core. It's the same thing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> except for Spiral Core don't have Azrael's. Oh, well, you know, they've got... They've got... Um, what are they called? The big Rolls. boys. Yes. That's all, the, all the... No, no, you, you're thinking of the um, Kill Sans. Hillsons, that's right. Yeah, which I I read the law. I didn't realize that they they technically walk around like looking normal, and when they when like they have when combat starts, they it, they it's almost it's almost the same as forty k combat drugs. They inject yeah, their sim- 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 their symbio armor with a bunch of um, uh, combat drugs, and then they just grow to the size of like the S. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool because the uh, the S five has two wounds and then it drops down to an S two with one wound after. Well, yeah, that, that that's your typical Toha um, Toha heavy infantry wound arrangement. Um, like the Ectros is the same thing; it's two wounds and then another wound that drops down to smaller. Yeah. Um, uh, yes. Well, the Ectros is just an S one, S two, but yeah, it's yeah. Um, the keel sand drops in size, which is kind of cool. Anyway, just oh, keep the, distracting. The, the, from Nick's yeah. Uh, yeah. excellent QK lists. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, did run into a slight problem with them because uh, last Friday for the public holiday, uh, was down at the shop and had someone come in like, new player, awesome. Like, cool. I was going to do a reinforcements game, but went, okay, cool. I'll help the new player. We'll play a nice 300-point game. Found out this is second 300-point game and looked at my bag and went, I have a QK list that's running double Azrael's, or ah. I have a assassin list. <laughs> so I guess you get to learn what fides are. Oh yeah. no! But well, thankfully he was running Rama, so um, he had a fair idea of what to expect from assassins. Oh, is this Dan and Geelong? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. They've got a couple of new players, which is good because they were a little bit of a dead scene. Um, yeah. But they've yeah, it's uh, nice revived I've been him a little bit. him in the, one of the chats for a while with lists, and now I finally get to meet him and play against one of the lists that I helped him write. Yeah, mm. that's um, that's Ben. I've I've run a yeah. couple of um, yeah, run a couple. I ran ran his intro game, which is really cool. Yeah, awesome. Uh, how about you, Jacob? Um, I'll quickly go over four hundred point tournament just to say that I finally did I so a pseudo bucket list thing I've been wanting to do so. The 400-point tournament um, used to be called uh, Elite Command Melbourne. Same sort of thing, 400 points, uh, limited insertion. Um, and every single time I went to uh, went to play it, I thought of playing Steel Phalanx, but I chickened out because Steel Phalanx didn't have tags, and I didn't want to be a player without the tags. Well, this tournament, 
right? I manned up and actually uh, ran Steel Phalanx. Didn't take uh, Agamemnon. Perfect opportunity. Um, uh, well, mm, I, I, think <laughs> I, I think Agamemnon gets his ass handed to him um, in uh, that sort of uh, those sort of games. Um, yeah, it was good fun to just sort of apply DA and explosive weapons to absolutely everything. Um, and frustrate all of my opponents by um, with mimetism minus six. I found it easier to um, when I ex- was explaining my army. If someone didn't really know what Steel Phalanx was, I said, "Assume everything essentially is an Myrmidon, so mimetism minus six with this and that." And I'll tell you the ones that don't. That's a pretty good way to start it. Yeah, uh, it's good. I came second. Uh, Uh, and there was, uh, yeah, I came second. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun, and I'm glad that I, uh, I, I took that list. Um, unfortunately, as much as I wanted to, uh, Achilles, I took Achilles. Doesn't really matter which version of Achilles I took, but I did take the lighter, the version one, because, oh my god, just Phoenix does so much work, and Achilles just has such a hard time fitting into like the situation. Just jam him in. That's what I did when I played vanilla. Just jam I, I, Achilles in, and it's good fun. You'll have fun yeah. every time. You might lose, again, but you'll have fun doing it. Yeah. Again, I think I got a bit of PTS, PTSD when I was playing. Was it you, Josh, or Tristan, who hacked my... as playing O12. It would have been Tristan. Um, no. Hacked my Achilles and shut, uh, with, like, two crits and shut him down. I'm like, oh, oh dear. Um, but, yeah. Uh so I played B-Pong with um, Kyle from Whip 12, but that was a couple of weeks ago. We did talk about it. I played a couple of games of Extraction. Uh, sorry, not Extraction, Evacuation, uh, which is great um, to get that sort of experience. First game, I got locked uh, down by really good placement of a Beast Hunter and uh, a core uh, a of um, uh, Front of X Snipers. Uh, so that was... That was really frustrating, but it was uh, kudos to uh, my opponent because he just did a good job of uh, positioning them. Then I had another game against uh, JSA and had a good uh, situation where at the very... Somewhere during his turn, I had... um, I had a... I had a Custodia within eight of his Oyaroi and managed to uh, total control it in his turn. I remember hearing that from the other room. Yeah. So I, I got to do a, a couple of fun things of getting rid of crazy koalas and using his Oyaroi um, to get rid of crazy koalas as well as to block line of sight because I needed I needed a, a piece to come around a corner and not get shot at because it was only on one wound. So I was like, oh, I just put the Oyaroi in the, in the way so you can't shoot at that. Didn't um, you then also empty out the rest of its crazy koalas? Well, I only had one left, and I okay. I, I threw it at the um, at the Ryukin, which I do think it actually ended up dying to the Crazy Koala. Okay. But yeah, that's the most of my games that I've been having. Nice. Uh, okay, so let's just quickly do our announcements, our challenges, and event an- uh, announcements. Uh, starting off with our challenge ones. Uh, so our monthly uh, challenge monthly or changing at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. So changing, now we, ch- ch- now changing, 
yeah, changing our monthly challenge has been delayed a little bit. We had the idea of uh, the next challenge being uh, playing the resilience operations. However, at the moment, nobody has access to the cards, so we can't really do that. So we're going to extend um, the play and submit a list of uh, reinforcement battles uh, for another month. Uh, and then hopefully by the end of October, the cards will come out, people have a chance to buy them. And so that November will be uh, play, uh, will be play resilience operations. Right, so um, again, for this month, uh, have a game of re a reinforcement game. Uh, submit your battle report to loss of lieutenant at gmail.com, uh, and a random winner will be chosen from the submissions to win a blister of their choice from Toy Soldiers Imports. And if you happen to get your new classified and really resilience decks early, uh, you could record your game and save that for November's challenge. I mean, just don't date it. We won't know the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, another extension of our um, quarter three uh, challenge is now going to be also our quarter four challenge, which is just to provide our uh, provide us with uh, some of your creative writing works in the form of a narrative story based on the Infinity Universe. Um, so the Infinity Universe is like a rich and diverse uh, universe right, with a lot of stories to tell. Um, maybe you've had some sort of uh, headcanon that you've been wanting to put pen to uh, paper about for a while, or maybe you've, uh, in your army, you've had this unit that's always stood out, um, always performed well, and you want to honor their performance with a short story. Uh, well, now's your chance to express yourself, and we're giving you another uh, couple of months to get those uh, stories in. Uh, so please submit your uh, short stories to uh, lossalieutenant at gmail.com. Try and uh, keep them to no more than 2,000 words. At the end of this challenge, we will pick um, a random winner will be chosen to get a box of their choice from Toy Soldiers Imports. And we will also pick our favorites to get a bit of a white noise treatment and we'll read them out in the pod. Um, and that's it for our uh, challenges. Uh, uh, Trent says he'll only submit one if the lol crew narrate it with proper voice acting. I think we can make that happen. Uh, We've got uh, a fair number of voices. Yeah. <laughs> we'll um. Provided as a, I want a, like a gruff sergeant for Luta, for for Kevin to to narrate. I was I was gonna <laughs> say yeah, just just somehow um, hamstring in a, uh, a Scottish person and we'll make him yeah. ham it up. Put, put, in, put, put in put put in a bunch of Scottish people and we'll see if we can get like Kev's family to read it. That'd be fucking funny. <laughs> okay. Uh let's get on to our events. Uh Nick, did you just want to talk about the Sydney crew? Yeah, I can go through the events. Uh so City Crew, uh congratulations to the Sydney Infinity crew on successfully launching the regular games day at Compact Company. Uh Next one is Saturday the 7th, so it should be end of the week, and hopefully this will be out in time for that. Um, can find out more about that on the company's Facebook page for their event details. Uh, next up, we have the store championships for Infinity at Throw the Dice down in Geelong, Victoria. It's going to be on the 18th of November, uh, 300 points. 
three rounds with Supremacy, Firefight, and Highly Classified. Has an interesting painting requirement. All lieutenants must be fully painted and based, which will go along interestingly with Firefight. Well, I mean, just... You want to kill lieutenants, but it's not technically open information who they are. Fully paint and base your entire army, and yeah, or no one will know. It's a subtle way to encourage that. Yes. The uh, the other um, the other suggestion that I've heard being thrown around was just have a camo lieutenant. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and never decamo them. Uh, look, I said my my lieutenant is a Daoying. It just sits in my DZ, does nothing. I might be running my, a mentor lieutenant. My <laughs> my, my favorite thing for that would be to three D print off a um camo taken and then not paint it yeah well it's camo yeah wonder how that works with a hidden deploy lieutenant if you just don't reveal it and then go into lost lieutenant so you can transfer it how i mean that was your lieutenant in the army how, how could we how could we get around these painting requirements yeah, yeah man so painting requirements we're not used to you've it got, yeah movie. you've got okay. a month and a half to paint it and we're like oh how can we not yeah. do that <laughs> So, uh, winner gets to go up on the Throw the Dice Hall of Fame wall. Uh, sign up and details can be found on the Throw the Dice Facebook page. Awesome. Uh, it's, good, it's good to see these guys get back into some Infinity events because yes. um, yeah. they, they hadn't for a while. Mm. Once yeah. again, I was, yeah, I was down there on Friday and had, I want to say, f- six people throughout the day. Nice. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, what's really good about this is we're, we're sort of getting to the point where we've got a regular infinity um, place on each sort of like the north of Melbourne, east of Melbourne, and now with Geelong, west of Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if someone wants to host one in a boat in the bay, you can have south of Melbourne. Disgusting. Actually, sounds like a lot of fun. Should do that. Hmm. Uh, let's see. We've got CanCon coming up uh, next January. So CanCon 2024. Four. Uh, tickets are live, so um, head over to their website and pick up tickets if you're interested in going. There uh, are the... only 30 places, so if we want more places assigned to CanCon, assigned to Infinity for CanCon, buy your tickets now so we can, yes. so, the, so that Melbourne doesn't field half the tournament again. Yeah. And that Infinity doesn't get swallowed up by Age of Sigma. Yes. It's already doing that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's inevitable. Uh, should also point out that as of recording, uh, there is uh, a poll up on the Facebook page for CanCon. Uh, I think both about the missions and reinforcements. That's a reinforcement. Uh, just, just, just reinforcements, reinforcements right okay. now of um, trying to test the waters and seeing not just should we have it or not, but what the community feelings are. So kind of like, if we have reinforcements, does that decrease the chance that you'll come? If we don't have reinforcements, will that decrease the chance you'll come? Yeah. So, yeah, you can find that on their Facebook page. The poll's sitting firmly in don't care, so <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. I, I mean, look, if they, if, they, if they do it, it's going to force me to actually play reinforcements, because um, even, even if I don't go, nobody's going to want to uh, play non-reinforcements because it's because they'd be practicing for CanCon. <laughs> well, uh, also have the Stone Monthly, Stone Monkey Monthly coming up uh, for our Darwin folks, twenty uh, eighth of October. So we, for we the just monthly mean... event at. Sorry. Oh no! Don't worry about it. I don't know what okay. I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, 
for another monthly event at Stone Monkey. Uh, 350 points with Bpong and Last Launch in, as the mission lineup. Uh, further details can be found on Stone Monkey's Facebook page. Is that 350 points not reinforcements? No, it's reinforcements. Okay. Sorry. I was about to say that's um, it's an interesting, like, halfway uh, sort of thing. Not that it matters now, we've already read the thing. Um, Correcting the show notes now will not make a difference. <laughs> Let's do it now. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, just, uh, just uh, quickly, this is obviously uh, part of what we really like to do with the show is sort of give a community shout out to any events going around uh, all of Australia. So, if you do have um, any events that you want to promote and you want us to give them a shout out, uh, so long as it's in, in a timely manner, just uh, let us know via lossalieutenant at gmail.com or however you know how to get in contact with any of the hosts. Or, or the uh, Discord I've, or the Facebook. Yeah, Discord, Facebook messages. We've got, we've got them all. Um, Harry we'll Pigeon. Try, yeah, I just show up randomly at 12 o'clock at night and t- tell us about it. I frequent St Kilda Beach, so just a message in a bottle will get me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tranquilize us Tyson onto a chair and then you're like this is the event um though if you do that give us a piece of paper and a pen to write it down because yeah. we might forget it with the tranquilizer oh yeah of course and Trent says early fans obviously the the loss of lieutenant early fans page yeah um you can find us there we are we do respond to every message mm-hmm. uh Josh did you just want to do a quick uh patron announcement yeah, um, so guys, um, sort of just introducing uh, Nick and myself as some new regular hosts, um, and let's uh, just change things up by uh, plugging our Patreon. So everyone, we'd uh, love for everybody to join our uh, chain of command, or COX, um, which is our, uh, the name of, name of our patrons, um, our Patreon dot com slash loss of lieutenant it is three bucks a month um you get exclusive access to our patron discord where you can uh, chat to us um you get to sit in on the live shows we've got a couple of lovely patrons sitting on with sitting in with us on um this one today uh and um we'll be looking at doing some exclusive patreon giveaways and some ex- some Patreon exclusive content coming up pretty soon, hopefully. Yeah. So we we often uh, get things from cover spelling and that sort of thing. And as a thank you to our patrons, we like to uh, give back. Uh, so we did it last time with uh, we got the ITS fourteen uh, ex- like special edition pack or s- s- exclusive edition pack. Can't remember exactly what its title was. And so we got a pro painted. We got the Marut and the Aya pro painted, and get given those out. Um, and so yeah, we're looking forward to doing a little bit more on those. And that's exclusive to our patrons. Um, and I should also point out that if you are a patron for longer, um, we do uh, you do have a better chance of winning those giveaways. Yep. All right. All right. Should we crack into this. Oh. And with that, the topic at hand. <laughs> did we want? Is to that a record time of getting through the uh, um, introduction?
Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> it was not just an introduction; it was also a tournament review. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I think I think I think the problem is 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 that all of our game talk has to be cut, cut short because it's going to come up. Um, in the uh, doing first, second, third impressions. Yeah. Did we want to take uh, a quick break, grab refresh drinks, and then get back? Yep. Yes. That's good. Yeah. All right. Let's do that. YouTube patrons, off you go. Shoo. Go get drinks. Uh, welcome back uh, from our break, guys. Uh, so we're getting into our main segment uh, today, which is covering our uh, first and second impressions of uh, ITS 15. Uh, so there's been a decent amount of changes. Uh, I think uh, we couldn't all agree with that. Um, we'll quickly, I'll quickly go over and sort of the summary of changes from ITS 14 to 15 in like the more broader things. So stuff that's disappeared and stuff that's been added. Uh, so uh, Tekamotos, which was anything with a repeater and for any REM with repeater and a forward observer got uh, tactical awareness as well as marksmanship that's gone now. We haven't seen that yet integrated in any way um, into their profile like it was for the bikes. But I think did we, we all we kind of really liked that rule. Didn't I found I really it was, enjoyed it. I liked it, it for a, the season. I thought yeah, it, was it was a good a, season rule. Um, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing mm. triangulated fire become marksmanship on them. Uh, but I think the tactile awareness was a fun seasonal rule, and now we're, we'll move on to different things. Yeah, I, I think I, cause you're right. It was, it was good for the season. I think the problem was is that you, you saw too many of those rams like, mm -hmm. being almost spammed out, um, especially in Hakazam, because they had probably one of the best ones in the Rafiq. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, and we've discussed this um before oh we've discussed this that maybe something from the takamotos can come out i i think i think it maybe the tack aware would be kind of cool um for them but who knows mm -hmm. um as well it's, as it's perfectly good as a seasonal rule it doesn't need to be added in any way shape or form um, yeah yeah uh, yeah the... i don't think it fundamentally changed the way that that way that they were played unlike the bike rule from season 13 that changed how bikes were played um and it turns out the way that they were played in season 13 was better so they implemented it later um because yeah, they felt like less of a throwaway piece yeah exactly yeah. um you know and so and but you could also also anything that provides more choice is always a is always a good thing um you know having having a bit of dynamics in there um for players to sort of exert their own agency on the list aside from what troopers they put in there that can just happen from game to game um i think is just an excellent addition to the game it um, adds a little bit more thinking um whereas tagamotus really didn't you took one they were great fantastic yeah. uh let's move on to something different yeah it, pro um, it probably did the opposite or like when you're talking about extra choice it probably almost narrowed people's focus to taking yeah. uh, 
the Ford Observer bots. But it means um, that people took them more, which means that they probably are used to the skill set of a Ford Observer remote more yeah. now. Um, and so that's why I kind of disagree with Nick in regards to replacing triangulated fire with marksmanship. Um, mm -hmm. I saw some amazing uses of triangulated fire that you would never see in a regular game mm -hmm. normally because they're just those sort of specialist bots aren't taken as often. Um, and trailer fire is such a useful skill in really, really niche situations. Um, so I think, you know, having that relates to my earlier point about the bikes, they having a little bit more agency in the game. Um, removing a skill like... Um, uh, like triangular fire just means that you have one less option to take care of mm -hmm. something um and so i think that uh, I, I would i would keep i would i would just keep them as they are no no changes needed it was great for a season let's move on to another season yeah. one one of the best uses i actually uh did i think is probably the best use for training the fire firing t firing into um combat oh especially, yeah yeah especially with things with like if you're firing into combat against the steel phalanx model you're gonna need that triangular fire because if not, you're firing at neg twelve, and that's not fun. Yeah, yeah. Same with like people used it against me when they when Shinobi was in CC against with something. So it's um it's really good, really good skill. Yeah. Um, and so as far as things that I think have disappeared um from the other disappeared, I don't think there's anything else that's really been gotten rid of. The one thing we did see kind of added, kind of not. Um, is that the uh, the extra uh, motorized bounty hunter from I suppose season thirteen, but also um, the CSU and the Bashi Bazook? You can All just take those... any list. Yeah. Yep. Well, these uh, have been added as like tournament extras now. Yeah. So yeah. For any you can... tournament or yeah. any mission in a tournament, they can say everyone gets a CSU or everyone gets a Bashi or a bike yeah so, um, but i think they changed the rule about how it relates to your combat group and points and stuff like that right i don't remember that but um they're also now down to one profile yeah it's all they all have a boarding shotgun mm -hmm. yeah um which is fine i mean i i don't know about you but i i i never found the csu particularly impactful uh the bashi could come in clutch mm -hmm. i um, csus i love csus Rolling an 8-4 on Medicam and then running up and, you know, grabbing a supply box and running back to my DZ with CSUs was just amazing. Yeah, I, I think, I, I mean, I suppose for the missions that I did use, I got lucky, unlucky. I think I only ever roll. I think maybe I did roll, which is technically good, but it just didn't really show up. I think I got the um, NWI one. Uh, yeah, I mean, one. just a suppressive breaker combi rifle is always useful too. So, you know, they have they the uses. I found the bashi was great because you would you would drop it as your last order to just be an ARO piece like down the line and just to annoy your opponent. I deployed it a bunch of them as like multiple Atalantas and lots of like I did yeah. did lots of stuff with the bashi bazooka. It was lots yeah. of fun. The the other thing uh, like th this is one of the things where I should have used the bashi and I didn't, which I was playing Kev. I completely forgot that I had the damn thing. Um, but I could have dropped it to. I, they, we had this Toreg that, if it did a long skill climb uh, down a wall, would have got obliterated by Kusanagi. So we had to walk the other way. And I realized that I could have dropped a Bashi to just look at that Toreg for the entire way. 
that it was running um, instead of having like this blind spot. But yeah, so I I, I found the Bashi to be really impactful. Um, I guess I got unlucky with the CSU. I never rolled anything that um, made it have a huge impact. Yeah, fair enough. So it was a good piece. Um, but we'll go, we'll go over now the uh, the new extras that have been added. Um, and oh. one of one of I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the smaller one uh, that I I think, and then we'll go to the really big big one. So they've added what's called border skirmishes. So the idea of this uh, extra for ITS is that if you have an exclusion zone in your um, in your mission, you are allowed to once per game deploy a troop with aerial deployment on the edge of that um, uh, on the edge of that deployment zone without having to roll, which is pretty huge. So um, once per game, an AD troop can land in an exclusion zone. Combat mm-hmm. drop can do it without a roll, um, and but only onto an edge of a of a. Um, yeah. to, uh, onto an exclusion zone. So uh, parachuters can deploy at once per game, can deploy as normal in an exclusion zone, um, as in coming in on the side. Um, whereas a combat drop troop could, a combat jump troop could, can come in on any of the four edges of the exclusion yeah. zone. Which is, um, yeah, which is. It, is, it is adds an dangerous. interesting little twist to exclusion zones where hmm. they're not all bad. There is a glimmer of tactical advantage to them. Yeah, it makes extraction a little bit easier if you've got a specialist combat drop trooper that can just jump yeah. in and grab a thing. I, yeah. su- I suppose the only the only only pushback I'll give to border skirmishes is that that again, I mean, you, Josh, you, as a JSA player, if you're playing JSA this tournament, you're never going to be able to. You're never going to use it. Well, you got the ITS Bashi Bazook that you can just chuck in. Okay. So yeah, if if the stars align, I suppose. Um. But there are some factions like um, uh, Bakunin, who only really have the Meteor. Uh, obviously, a lot of a lot of the Ariadnas um, don't have. Uh, I suppose they do have the. Parachute. There's quite a few sectorals that don't have combat drop in them. Yeah. Uh, so you're right. It does give a bit of an advantage to Vanillas and the sectorals who have not just combat drop but also good specialist combat drop. Yeah, so I, I'm thinking. If, in, my thinking is like the um, the the Lujing, the um, IA drop troop because I think it has a specialist profile and it's six two. I might be wrong with its movement. Um, but any like any uh, even the big um, one. Yeah, even the um, I know it's only parachutist, but the um. Uh, they do have called? a specialist profile, profile, and yeah, they are. I think, I think, I think yes. they've got a hacker. Um, even the uh, the Bukta, I know. I, again, I know it's only parachutist, but it's quick mimetism um, mm-hmm. thing advisor. Um, mm-hmm. So there are some great ones w- where uh, I can really see some armies taking advantage of the border skirmisher um, mm-hmm. extra. Every time, um, yeah. But the one that we've been seeing a lot, at least I have, is the new extra O12 Prestige. Yes. So this is an extra where you simply, uh, like converting in a regular order, you simply turn a command token once per turn into a regular order. That can Brand be spent, new regular order. Yeah, they, they can be spent as per usual. Um, I'll I just get it out of the way and I'll, I'll throw to you guys 
I've played a number of ITF 15 games, like five or so, and I don't think I have played a single game where, at the very least, I haven't done this, right? Or that my opponent hasn't done this. I have used it in every game I've played since ITS 15 came out. Yeah. I've uh, almost used it in every round of every game I've played since ITS mm. 15 have come out. So, like, that's a few. Like, I think I've, I must have used it 15 times, yeah. which, which is across, you know, five games, three rounds per game. Yeah, it's a, it's very good. Yeah, it it really feels like the missing use for spending a command token. Yeah. Uh, now, basically, it regardless of your list, uh, if you finish the game with command tokens, it's because you chose to finish the game with command tokens. You were holding them for a specific reason, yeah. not because you didn't have anything to do with them. Yeah. Um, uh, and it does it does make for an interesting choice. When you get to like turn two or turn three, yes. When you're like, I could use a coordinator order now, but then mm-hmm. I won't be able to do O12 prestige like turn three or something like yeah. that. A um, lot of the, a few of the missions that are a little bit more order intensive, give you an extra command token now as well. So mm. with some lieutenants, you're adding, you're having six command tokens, um, which is pretty fun. Yeah. Which means, like, if you've got plans that need command tokens, let's say, to convert the regulars, mm-hmm. and you've got that O-Toll prestige, if you're running one of those extra command token um, commanders, um, that's going to be really awesome for you, because like, you can just put three aside and say, I'm going to use mm-hmm. three for um, Thingo, and then I'm going to put the other three aside for just um, O-Toll prestige. Yeah. It's changed how I write lists, because... Mm. Previously, I would t- like if I pick it a Gulan Lieutenant, I would take the 11 point Gulan Lieutenant, and if I had four points, I would upgrade him to the plus one command token. Thank now, you. I take the 15 point plus one command token, and if I run out of points, I consider downgrading him to the 11 point. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, um, it's a big deal. I didn't think they could make Tack Wheel com- um, com- uh, Wheel's officers any better, but they've got a plus one command token profile. They do. Bloody um, Toha. How dare they be good so still? One of the best profiles, I'm going to say in Toha, possibly in the game, is now even better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Avatar, so- Avatar comes with a cool extra one as well. Maybe yeah, the I will Avatar has it. everything. <laughs> If you, mention, if you mention something in the game, other than being the ability to go prone... Uh, it doesn't have remote presence. It doesn't. Uh, it, it's a good question, though, um, and it's one that I asked when I first saw this, is how is this going to play with maybe armies that like converting irregular orders? Do you reckon now it's going to be a case of you don't convert those orders, the irregular troops just use their order and you just use O12 Prestige instead, because uh, I suppose technically then you get more orders, or what? Yes. Uh, in the games I've played with my irregulars, uh, first go-to is O12 Prestige, and then if I need yet another order, <laughs> convert one, which I have mm. done in a few games, but most times I find that I actually get to do small stuff with the irregulars. So I had a game where my war core spent his own order, I think 
at least two turns of the game, and it was just readjusting his his position so he was staring down a different alleyway with his flash pulse. Yeah, and I wouldn't have been able to do that if I was converting his order instead of using O12 Prestige. Mm. Like the Takimoto's rule, I think that you're going to start finding people start to use these pieces that they might not have used before. They might have included them in lists, mm-hmm. like a Dalami goes in every Hagazan list, basically, yeah. or multiple Dalami. Mm-hmm. But now you actually have to use them um, yes. because because they have, their orders have to be spent on themselves. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can always not spend the irregular order, which is not always a choice that you can have. And you don't have to spend the irregular order. Mm-hmm. But um, I think people are going to find different uses for a lot of these different profiles, which I, is exciting. Yes. So, yeah. 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 I, I really hope that that becomes a part of the regular or N4 rule set. I uh, agree entirely. I think it's one of those things that like changes. Yeah, yeah, just changes the way the game's played and it needs to, um, needs to be added in. But, you know, that's speculation for... For, for a year's time, so... Oh, I just I hope that it is. Um, <laughs> I, it already, like, within just a few weeks, this this feels like it's a part of the game that was missing. Mm. Yeah, it, it could just be, like, a, a, literal, a literal, literal change to end four rule set where just a new thing just called Prestige appears yeah. as part of the tactical uses. Yeah, yeah it's an excellent um, rule. I think the other addition to um, ITS 15, which is, I think, a much, much welcome site considering the uh, s- <laughs> the slack that um, that some overseas tournaments gets from the uh, from the Australian community regarding the tables, uh, <laughs> is um, these 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 new ter- terrain layout, thematic tables, and density of terrain um, examples on in the in in the actual ITS document. Um, where previously they hadn't really put in anything to do with um, how to set up a table apart from their like prescribed um, layouts in the starter books, um, but yeah, having having these is is awesome. I think it's great yeah. um, as a um, soon to be tournament organizer. Um, touch nose, uh, touch wood. Um, there, I think it's an excellent thing to have there. What do you guys think? Uh, I think it's good because it just standardizes and gives a starting point. So mm-hmm. people can, if they want to say, this is a lighter terrain tournament or a lighter terrain meta or a heavier terrain meta, they have a standard to which they can compare it. It's good. And it doesn't even it is like it's there's not really a standard being set or a prescription mm-hmm. being set. You can you can have your infinity tables as sparse as you like. It doesn't really matter. Yes. Um uh, but they've got given some good examples and the examples of a couple of table layouts that they've put in there, um they lean towards the less dense that what I would of what I would see in in <laughs> Melbourne. For a Melbourne player, yeah, th- these For are Melbourne player, these are not, kind of sparse they, tables. <laughs> they are, and I think they're kind of out of proportion because those cor- they're Corvus belly buildings and supposed to be on a four by four table. I just don't think they're quite in proportion. Uh, um, no, well, but it gives a pretty good idea of density. It does. It does. Uh, um, I guess it could be a Sydney table. I I I also think that in those particular pictures, they're just sort of missing like the scatter they've just got mm-hmm. sort of the big pieces that come in their sets 
Um, yeah. But I think I think what's more like I, like the pictures are useful, sure. But I think what's better is the little um, couple of paragraphs they give actually mm-hmm. about the terrain layout, the the idea of checking line of sights down a side or make sure that mm-hmm. you don't you don't have a train where uh, a, a drop troop can just like shoot mm-hmm. down the entire way. Yeah. Um, I know personally when I help put tables together, um, I'm always thinking, okay, if a drop troop drops down, is there a corner? that someone can hide in and not necessarily be seen. Um, I remember when I first started playing, um, I had a friend who really liked his thematic tables, but he kept he kept making it so that one side could have like a sniper looking in like half of his DZ. Mm. Um, as well as I think one of the big things they say there is just make sure that somebody can't just look from one end to the other down a side. Make sure that mm. each side has some sort of block at some point. So that you, you know, so you don't have, you know, a missile launcher or whatever, just take up the entire side and that's it. Yeah, and um, actually looking at those pictures, on each of the boards, at least three sides on each board has a piece of terrain touching the board edge to block yeah. line of sight down the edge. Uh, I also like that one of the boards is set up at a 45 and the other one set up at a 90. Good point, to show actually. that y- you can have different orientations, you don't have to just block it up. Yeah. Uh, it's also nice that they make the note that it's okay and probably should be encouraged to have asymmetric tables, because that way, yeah. picking a side is actually a meaningful choice. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that they've been listening to enough Australian podcasts and affinity players <laughs> to look at it and go, oh, that's how a train should be put together. Because I can't tell you how many full-on mm-hmm. infinity discussions happen in the just Australia-wide meta that are just about, you know, a picture of terrain. Like you said, a picture of the American terrain. I remember, I think, one of the big tournaments that happened a while ago, and it was terrain. I don't think there was any terrain that you would want to walk on top of and nowhere to hide a tag and it was sparse as hell and every, and everyone in australia is like this is a major tournament what is this table yeah after most major tournaments in other countries the mm. uh pictures of the tables show up in some of our chats and then they immediately get marked up yeah, as to like, here's fire lanes, and here's fire. And what if we took this and moved it over here? It looks like this. We should, we, like, we should, do, we should do that one day. We should, type of we should, commentating. We should get them and mark them like teachers with like the red pen <laughs> and be like too open, too low, not enough stuff in the DZ, and give them like a, a grade. I'm glad that Nick put it eloquently and politely because I was just going to say they get lambasted, like <laughs> they just get absolutely punished because uh, uh, we don't mince words. Um, in the Australian community, and uh, yeah, some of those tables have um, you know shocked some people. I think, um, which is they're just used to what they're used to. Yeah, yeah. So moving on from extras, we'll um, I think yeah take a look at sort of the more mission mission rule extras, the uh, mission specific rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to name them quickly, and we'll obviously go back and talk about mm-hmm. them. We have addition of what's called quantum anomaly zones we have quantum anomaly creatures we have the hazops and we have the joint command um where do we want to start do we want to start with the little Uh, ones and get into the two big ones 
Uh, oh, sure. I, like, I can do hazmat ops right now. It's identical to Master Breacher. They changed the name. That's not true. Moving on. <laughs> it's a, yeah. Um, <laughs> joint command. Um, some of the missions, everyone gets a bonus command token. It's great. Yeah, okay. so obviously, obviously leaning into those missions um, to have even more O12 prestige sort mm-hmm. of considered it. Yeah. So let's start with the Quantum Anomaly Zones. Yep. So anyone who played ITS 14, these are very similar in function, I suppose, to uh, only in function, only in yep. function, okay. right, yep. to... Um, to the decompression zones. They still act as a saturation zone. They Mm -hmm. still are difficult terrain zones. Mm -hmm. Um, The two big changes are, one, you only, each player only gets to put down one of the zones. It's still put down the exact same way, whoever kept deployment, so the person who's deploying second, I think, or, yeah, I think second. Mm -hmm. um, Player who kept deployment. so is that deploying first? first. Yeah. Yeah. Player who kept deployment deploys it first. Yeah. Yeah. So the person who deploys first puts his down first. Person who deploys second puts theirs down second. The the other big change to it is if you start an order inside of these zones, you take a damage ten hit on your BTS. Now we we had an interview with Heli- um, Helios. He was saying. The reason that they did this, and I think it's like a like very justified reason, is to stop people using these as like a speed boost pad from Mario Kart for things mm-hmm. with total terrain. Because mm-hmm. there were a bunch of profiles. I think like Shinobu, I think, is one of them who has Shinobu no? love decompression zone. Yeah, you just pop him in the decompression zone and suddenly she's like what five four? Five four, yeah. Yeah. Or you put I think uh, I mean, one of one of the examples uh, that I always thought was incredible was if you made your master breacher an Asawira, a seven-two Asawira is fucking terrifying. Yeah, seven-four Wallace was always a good one um, yeah. as a master breacher. Uh, yep, I've yeah, I've run a seven-four. Um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Fiddler. No, uh, I've run a seven-four Miyamata Mishashi. Like you, draws, you can... draws love the shit out of them. Yeah, you can you could do a lot with uh, they still love them because they're BTS out the out the wazoo, aren't they? The BTS six. Well, oh. Yeah, but it's it's a risk now. Tariq Bensuri, seven four. Oh, Tariq, yes. right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> sorry, sorry, who was it? Oh, Tariq. Seven four Tariq Bensuri. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, so that's the reason that they've they've done it. Mm-hmm. I th- I think I think that they they're acting how they're supposed to like they were designed to be in fourteen, yeah. which is they are true, like li- like movement blockers now. Yes, like only the fastest, most able things are getting through these things. What do you guys think? I like that it is now damaging, which like I said stops people from just using it as a speed boost. Uh, I like that it's just one because mm. now it seems like the choice will be more meaningful. And with two per player, a lot of times we ran out of places to put them. And that led to, or like, the fact that they, like, we were running two armies that really didn't have terrain skills that matched the season and just kind of went, oh, look, we forgot to put them down. I guess we'll just keep going. Uh, this seems like it 
will be more meaningful. People will want to use it, uh, but not feel like it's going to crowd out the table. Yeah. I think um, people, and the, the, the term is bandied around a lot in our community of the gentleman's agreement. Yes. Um, people were just flat out ignoring the rule. Um, the decompression ones. The de- of the decompression zones. And yeah. in, and the, and the, uh, blizzard zones in the previous season before that, like whatever flavor these saturation zones come in, people were just flat out ignoring yeah. them. Um, which is like, look, that's always an option. You can do it, but you're playing in a tournament setting because you're playing the Infinity tournament system. And mm. while, yes, this is the main way that people play Infinity, even in casual games, mm. um, you are playing. If you're in a tournament, you are playing the Infinity Tournament system. The missions have been designed this way for a reason. Um, And I would err away from telling people that they should just ignore this rule completely, especially now. I think that this, you know, creates a meaningful impact um, around the game. I I think these are... So, like, the, the sort of... I suppose the idea of, like... Uh, for the like, capture and protect, putting it in front of your flag, your mm-hmm. uh, your beacon, right now has like a me- like instead of technically potentially helping your opponent, it's now that sort of choice. Especially if you've got like that one wound, really fast specialist. Now there's a risk, you know. Even if like let's say they're BTS nine, you roll that one, your inventor just died. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, yeah, I think this is a good change um, from the decompression zones. I don't, I would probably say now, um, unless we legitimately forget it and it's too late to really go back, Mm -hmm. I'd always use this one because while the decompression zones were like, were another three minutes of trying to find out where the hell you could put the damn things, this is put down one, one template, you know, it can block something off. It can help you protect whatever. I think, yeah, I think this is, I think this is what decompression zones were meant to be. And I think this is, uh, right. I've had games of capture and protect where like in a tournament and when it came to my, be my turn to put mine down, I put them all on the board edge off to the side and my opponent Looked a little confused, but just explained like I don't have terrain skills. You do. Like I will be hurting myself if I put this in front of me. Mm. Like I will be giving you a benefit and hindering myself. So it's going to go off to a corner where it's least likely to come up. Mm. The, the only other thing that sort of came up with decompression zones, mm-hmm. you talk about how you ran out of places. It also yeah. sort of on the flip side, it turned out. You would look around the board, spend five minutes trying to find out, and it turned out there was literally four places you could put it, and then yep. that was it. Like mm-hmm. even if you wanted to not put it there, other than because I, I don't think you could st- technically stack them on top of each other. Maybe you could. Uh, I don't, I don't think there was anything that prevented it. You could in decompression. You cannot with quantum anomaly zones. There is a there's a piece of rules tech that specifically states that they cannot overlap. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, with the decompression. Right. Yeah, if you wanted to spread them out so they weren't on top of each other, you found out, oh, I've, I can actually only put these on four places on the entire board. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. It's a cool rule. 
play it, guys. See who, what happens. Who, yes. Who who wants to introduce the next one with its colloquial name? Okay. Or qua- uh, crazy creatures. Josh didn't even get, give an option. He's like, no, I'm saying no. it. Yeah. So crazy the creatures. quantum, the quantum anomaly zone creatures, uh, better known as the quasi creatures. Put put um, put the put the machine of Holt saying quasi cupcakes. Um, yeah. uh, perfect. Done. Quasi yeah. creature. They, crazy creatures. They are they are similar to. Um, the defensive turret, because is the defensive turret that's uh, been removed. Has no, it's still not as prevalent because some of the missions that it was in got removed. Yeah, so this is very similar to the um, uh, to the turret. It's a little animal uh, S one uh, marker that, you, that, you, that yeah that you put um, on the field. It then AROs. Um, it then AROs with a burst three, CC eleven, yep, damage eleven, or damage fizz 13. eleven, damage 13. thirteen. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, Same damage, as the yeah. So damage thirteen, guard. I suppose guard CC yeah. attack. Guard so that, no that, modifier. Yeah. So that that that's that that's a big thing. Is it is a CC attack, right? It's so um so if you. You can CC it back if you get too close to it. It It's a melee turret. Yeah, and so it it, it attacks you through walls. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. The rules text Uh, around it is um, before the deployment phase, each player must place a quasi creature a minimum of four inches outside the enemy deployment zone. That player. The player that kept the deployment is the first one to place their crazy creature. Each crazy creature is fixed in place and cannot move. They must be represented by a player A or player B token or by a model or piece of scenery with the same silhouette value, such as Sassot creatures from Tagrade or the Taker creatures. Crazy creatures are deployable weapons reacting with a CC attack to any order declared or performed by an active enemy model, but not markers within the zone of control. The crazy creature's guard special skill does not require line of fire, but the CC attack will become idle if the path from the crazy creature to the enemy model is blocked. For example, by an impassable obstacle, a wall of even a height, a closed door, a seal's room, etc., or a gap too small for the silhouette template of the crazy creature to pass through. The CC attack arrows of the crazy creatures have a burst of three. Oh, so it's sort of it's so it's almost like a strange perimeter weapon. It's yep. like a boosting. Burst three thing. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's it's yeah. like it's like it's like it um throws out three crazy koala like little tiny crazy koalas. <laughs> yeah. Well. yeah. Yeah. It reminds me. It reminds me very much because it goes through walls. It reminds me of um. And I know I, when I saw this, I really liked it. But I I think in general, it's it's um cool. It, the movie's seen as being crap. But the um the Final Fantasy movie, the one where they're, like they're fighting the things that like bash your soul out. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, it's a very old movie. Oh, it's okay. My I, first I, thought with it was they're coming through the walls from Babylon 5. So, <laughs> I mean, that's even earlier. <laughs> or, I, I don't know if you've seen um, a movie that I really enjoy mm-hmm. on Netflix, uh, a movie called Spectre. Oh, yeah, Spectre. Yes, yeah. Where, yep. where like, there are these invisible things, like, freezing people from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Just take um, I think uh, so. It should be it should it should be pointed out that you can just shoot these things. You don't have to CC them. You can shoot them. Uh, they are deployable weapons, which means that they will be deactivated by a deactivator. Um, yeah, that's fair. Though it will have to be from outside of eight inches. 
Well, it'll, still be, it'll be face-to-face in oh, a... Oh, true. It'll be face-to-face against three dice. Yep. Three dice, but you you still burst one with plus six on a deactivator in within eight inches. Oh, so, 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 like, look, it's not the choice that I would make, mm-hmm. but it's still a choice. Um, Fair. They also have wounds, which means they're perfect targets for being nommed by Protheon models. I suppose, yeah, if you can get close enough and not die to it, yeah. Oh, no, because so you, know, you, you can just that's... react to the guard, can't you? So if your opponent is playing um, uh, is playing a combined army, sectorial or combined army, uh, maybe don't put this within range of their... or attempt to not put this within range, walk, walking distance of their Norkius or their Sheskin, because you might be dealing with a much harder-to-kill thing. I'm, I'm just going to super quickly check, because I'm wondering whether it says a trooper with wounds, because it's not a trooper. Hmm. Ooh, that's Tricky. interesting. Hmm. Uh, you're probably right, though. Check Protheon. I mean, that's yeah. what people, most people are saying. Um, there was a, a little bit of um, rules discourse recently um, in the big Infinity thing about, um, because they're not marked as neutral or uh, allied elements, um, technically, in the rules text, that uh, Sheskin could nom on her own crazy creature, <laughs> which uh, isn't the case. Don't eat your own crazy creatures, guys. It's not. It's not healthy. Okay, right. Um, you can eat it, but the requirements for Protheon is you must be uh, must reach or be in silhouette contact with the target. Yeah, breach. Yeah, reach would guard. Work guard is still reaching with the CC attack. So, ah, it's just wounds inflicted. Uh, yep. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Be careful. I, I'd say uh, more than anything, be bloody careful um, if your opponent's running Calibans because that's a real easy extra wound for a, mm-hmm. a model that really enjoys when it gets two, two to three wounds. Mm-hmm. Calibans are great, yeah. but you know, Norkis, Sheskin also culprits, um, or Armor Samaritans also culprits. Yeah. So. Yeah, just um, just a just a thought for people. Yeah, so I I see, I see these sort of as like the turrets. They might they might only end up taking up half an order. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of depends because they are small. So if you put them on top of a like a small rooftop, they can have a lot of impact there because it means you sort of can't walk against the wall um because you'll be within that eight inch bubble um that uh, i've also wall... had them deployed in blind alleyways that were facing yeah. backwards that's the other thing is that if you put them in a sort of a spot if you can sort of imagine like like a little nook where they can just sort of sit there um and just be a real pain like like it takes a long time to do that extra eight mm-hmm. to go around yeah um yeah i can see them being Layering Again. air them is also useful. Um, I man, I was playing a game against Tristan um, before the 400-point tournament, um, and he needed to kill my avatar but had to run Deferson into eight inches of the crazy creature to do it. So, and the, he AROed by shooting the avatar or he, he, he spent his orders shooting the Avatar rather than CC attacking the crazy creature, and the crazy creature just killed Deferson in one, in one round of um, things. So they, are, they, they can be very, very dangerous. They are an AP, damage 13 APCC weapon. Yeah. 
they're they're dangerous to people who don't to models that don't have martial arts. Uh, but as soon as you get a model that has martial arts in there, uh, the odds swing heavily in their favor. Oh yeah, big time. Uh, yeah. So it it almost feels like for missions that have quasi creatures, you almost want to have a model in there with martial arts too. Yeah. Uh, because they can't. The quasi creatures must aro. Uh, you can't choose to have them not arrow, so that means your opponent can pick which models go in, and which models basically target mm. it, essentially. Yeah. And so it, all it, you have it, to do is then walk a martial arts model behind that building where the crazy creature is, and get it. It would still be affected by stealth, correct? Correct. There's no reason yeah. why it wouldn't. It doesn't have. It doesn't yeah. have six sense. So the 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 one one thing I'm seeing is like a sort of a good use for um, a crazy creature is mm -hmm. um, keeping your opponent out of cover. So if you've got this aro piece mm -hmm. um, and you put the crazy creature such that if they were in cover, that crazy creature's hitting them every single time they want to take a shot and they can't get mm -hmm. fired back on. I can see mm -hmm. that being like really big because. Mm -hmm. As soon as you're shooting something out of cover, the lack of armor, the lack of that neg three, um, there's not, there's not, um, uh, there's not a model in the game that I would necessarily be not afraid of if I had to shoot it without any other mods outside of cover, because um, that's like cool. lack that 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 lack of armor um, is. It's just huge, and that. Yotun. <laughs> well, sorry, no, no. I'm saying that one I wouldn't worry about, like sh getting shot at. Yes, because remember that if, let's say, the Yotun shooting at me in cover, and in like you know, the ranges are all equal. Even a like a Kesotsu or a moderator is still BS thirteen at that point. Right, so it's still not a great shot. Yeah, no, you're right. I think. This is going to have more impact on the game than turrets or any type of uh, deployable scenario item, because yeah, it's it provides so many more little options on how you use it. I don't think it's useful as a uh, stopping people from exiting their DZ. I think I've no. found the most use for it. Just planning to get next to an objective, or even guarding your HVT in something mm -hmm. like countermeasures or something. Um, if countermeasures even has the crazy creatures, I don't know. But like guarding your HVT, guarding a um guarding an objective, um, and then forcing your opponent to maybe spend their last order of a turn dealing with the mm -hmm. crazy creature rather than yeah. jumping on the middle objective in acquisition. Um, or really making those desperate situations really desperate. Like you were saying with the defersion. I, I'm guessing that was like his last order or something. Because I was. would, I, yeah, I would see no reason why Defersen wouldn't hit the crazy creature and then shoot. It's because the avatar was in suppressive fire and would have just killed Defersen. <laughs> oh no! If, well, uh, okay, I, like I don't know the situation, but if he could hit the crazy creature, then there's no way. It, I I layered the arrows in a way yeah, that he couldn't. He I, couldn't I, miss I, Defersen. Yeah, I see. I see um, this crazy creature as. A frustrating movement, as I was mentioning before, and B, like you were saying, you put that crazy creature. Yeah, that's pretty much we were saying the same thing. Is you put the crazy creature 
to, in a spot where you have to either not be in cover and deal with like not having cover, right? Or you're in cover, which I'm guessing what the, what the Furzen did, but then you have to just let the crazy creature hit you for free. And none of none of those is a good idea. <laughs> um, so I mean, if 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 I was to give one advice just from reading it is if you can kill that kill your opponent's crazy creature as soon as you like as soon as it's convenient to because I think it's going to make your life a lot same, easier same with the defense turret like it'll either have a huge impact on games or it'll have no impact on games um, true yeah uh, but I, I think the, the, the lack of the lack of need for line of sight makes the crazy creatures also you have like infinitely more dangerous mm-hmm. also you have up to, you know, uh, 36 inches up the table that you can put it in, you know. Mm. Uh, it's got to be, what, four inches outside, of, at least four inches outside of your enemy's DZ, so anywhere between, depending on the mission, 12 to 20 inches outside uh, up the table. And we, sh- we, should point out, we should point out, unlike the um, QAZ zones, the crazy creatures don't attack you. Your crazy creature doesn't attack you does it it doesn't no <laughs> yeah so you are safe from your own crazy creatures yes you are they are quantum anomalies yeah uh okay so that's all of sort of like the extra rules um that have been added this season so let's move on to the new missions that have um that have uh, been added uh, however, just before we do, uh, a bit of, I suppose, in memoriam, uh, we have lost cryogenics, quadra control, and rescue. We have um, anyone particular. Anyone lost particular- annihilation? Oh, sorry. Uh, annihilation is no longer in the regular set of ITS, but it's now in direct action, yeah. which, given this mission, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, if you want to put Annihilation in a normal ITS tournament, go for it. It's just punch your opponent in the face sort yeah. of scenario. It's, it's fine. simple enough to be direct action. Yeah. Um, I think it just doesn't have classifieds, which is the which was the point of direct action yeah. in the first yeah. place. Uh, do we feel uh, particularly strongly about any of those particular ones being um, removed? I, I, I like cryogenics. Yeah, I'm Great disappointed mission. to see cryogenics go away so quickly. Um, I would like to see that stick around for another season or two. But then again, I can hope to see it in a future ITS season. That's yeah. true. The, the the only thing with cryogenics is um, probably just review the way that, like all the rules were written because mm-hmm. uh, I think it was one of the very few missions where like people people spent months figuring out how just how the hell it worked. Mm-hmm. I think they're doing the same thing with the couple of missions that have been placed in like the, the new missions here yeah, um, are quite True. confusing as well. Uh control's gone, uh, which was sort of the annihilation version of quadrant control. Uh, where the other two had like controlling buttons and pressing buttons yeah. and things like that. Yeah, cuz um, we've still got supremacy and superiority. Yeah. Uh, which the regular and the direct action versions of each other, they're quadrant control with buttons. Yeah, I I would have I would have liked. I don't remember. Did quadrant control have a bunch of uh, classifieds? I don't know. Uh, one moment. I'll take a quick look. 
Because if it did, I would kind of miss the idea of sort of... I, I think Quadrant Control only had... I want to say had one, but it, you got you got some of the additional points for controlling Quadrants next to your opponent's DZ. Um, yeah, one classified. Had one classified, yeah. yeah. I, I, look, I'm a bit sad to see like just simple Quadrant Control um, removed, but hey, I'm not going to share it. I'm honestly not going to share the tier over it. Um, and rescue's gone. Um, I think it's pretty Yay. safe to say that I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I was about to say it's pretty sure it's safe to say that no one really enjoyed rescue um, as like a mission that they would love to play over and over again. Um, we lost it, but I think we've got um, it's better looking brother. Yeah, yeah. Evacuation definitely is designed to replace it. Yeah, and for reasons so, we will get into, I yeah. think that's good. So let's go. I think we'll we'll, st we'll just start in the order that we've got them listed. Let's start with B Pong, or I think as everybody um, who uh, isn't concentrating on what it's actually called calls it Beer Pong. Um, <laughs> have we? Have you guys had a game of B Pong yet? I have. I have I've played B Pong. Yes. Okay. One game of B Pong. Uh, what did you think? Um. Actually, actually, actually just quickly before you. Before you mention what you think, let's actually go through um, the actual the, mission the, itself. Yeah, the actual mission itself. So, very good play. Yeah, B Pong has the main mission objectives are at the uh, end of each game round, the tracking beacon is totally within the enemy's half of the game table for one objective point. So, that's three objective points total uh, throughout the game. At the end of each game round, control the tracking beacon for three, uh, one objective points. So, again, that's another three uh, objective points throughout the entire game. And at the end of the game, control at least one console uh, for one objective point. So again, we've got another uh, three uh, possible objective points throughout the entire game. And one classified brings you up to your um, 10. Uh, as far as the special rules that we uh, mentioned up top, there aren't any. So no QAZ zones, no crazy creatures. Uh, there is an exclusion zone. Um, which is obviously not part of uh, the like uh, so special it, rules, but I, but it, 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 it should yeah should should be noted yeah border skirmishes um, comes uh, with this one. Um, so the uh, mission centers around a tracking beacon, which is a beacon placed in the um, center of the table, represented by your standard sort of uh, beacon uh, beacon token. Yep. Uh, when in, uh, when in base base contact with it, you can spend an entire order to move the beacon, right? That is at least four inches away from where your um, where the unit that spent the order is. So, which means uh, if you're on the far sure, side of the up, up to, within up to, four inches, yeah, within within four inches, yeah. Okay. Right, which means if you're on the far side of the beacon, you can move it further than if you're in on the near side of the beacon. Mm -hmm. um, and only a specialist can declare that skill. The rules for it is it must uh, be fully supported on the surface, so no like half base or anything like that. It must be possible to draw the path from its start to its finish, so that sort of weird thing that if you have this room that you can't get into, you can't put it in there. Um, and I suppose the other part is it says it just has to be in its final position at the conclusion of the order. 
Uh, one important mm. thing to mention on the specialists, uh, each specialist can only declare that skill once per round. Yes. So you can't have someone just kick the ball all the way. You have to have one person come up, they can move it four inches. You then have to bring another specialist in if you want to move it another four inches. Yeah, so you can't have like your 6-4, like Azura or, mm -hmm. Tan or like um, Stigmaton or whatever. Kick it, move, kick it, move, kick it, move. Uh, the other thing is on the center line, there are two consoles placed, what is it, uh, 12 inches from the table edge. When you go up to the console, you can activate it. If you succeed in activating it, you have the option of two actions. The first one is the nudge the tracking beacon. That moves it two inches from its starting location, like at the start of that short order. Um, or you can magnetize a tracking beacon, which moves it six inches towards the, uh, the center, center of the game table. So that would be the dead center of the game table, not just the center line. Yeah, so where it started. Yep. Again, another important thing to point out is if you activate a beacon, sorry, a console, you cannot activate that beacon until your opponent has. So if you go up to it and spend both orders to nudge it two inches each time, if your opponent then doesn't touch the um, consoles and just kicks the beacon uh, the four inches, you still can't touch that beacon. You, sorry, you still can't touch those consoles to move that beacon. That's it. Um, specialists is, you know, normal hackers, forward observers, specialists, um, specialist operators, uh, engineers, and there's no bonuses for any sort of, um, uh, any sort of specialist, uh, for either of the, um, either of them. Yeah. Uh, really, a track beacon doesn't require a whip skill, whip order. Um, whip yeah, roll. I was, was going to say, if you want to relocate the, the entire order, you don't have to do a roll or anything, you just do it. Just the console that requires. Yeah. So what did you think, Josh, when you played this? Um, I enjoyed the game. Um, it's very, it's very dynamic. Um, I, at, at the time I was a little bit heartbroken and incredulous that it took an entire order to kick the beacon. But um, upon review of my own internal biases, I think it's a, a great, um, a great little addition to the to the to the game mode um, means that you need to really think about the mission in the first turn. the The game mode seems to discourage a little bit of alpha striking, which is nice because it takes a fair amount of orders to get to that beacon and to push it. Um, I think with the new missions, it's, that's going to be a theme: is completing the missions and getting the objective points is pretty fucking order intensive. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult to play them as firefight with extra steps at the end. Yeah, like getting into a fight, especially in this particular scenario is difficult because if you're not doing something to control beacons or move beacons or control consoles, mm -hmm. you're just not getting points. Um it um Brings a big advantage for toolbox specialists. So a specialist that can is is quick and can shoot um, with a relatively high whip um, is uh, an excellent addition to this um, to this one. There are a few that come to mind, like perhaps the uh, the evader 
in um, in Nomads or uh, the Boktar in Hackerslam. Um, they will be really, really good at this. And as, to a lesser extent, maybe um, tags with their... Um, with their pilots, their pilot, they can just sit in front of the beacon. Their pilot can get out mm-hmm. um, mm. and push it, and then get back in, um, and still be shooting and quick the entire way. Uh, patrolling it is arguably more important than moving it. I think, um, yeah, because it I, seems I to be easier. Yeah, especially if you're going first. Um, going first is ex- uh, it's super difficult in this mission. I um, yeah. yeah, this it's, it's this difficult. this mission because this is the one I played with um, against uh, Kyle. Yep. Um, from Whip Twelve, I'm going to milk that for as long as I can. The <laughs> um, tabletop throwdown. Look me up. Um, I think this particular mission is going first is like um i'm trying to think of another mission where no one ever wanted to go first but it's it'll be one of those missions where if you win the dice roll you're gonna pick second and if you lose the dice roll you might hard second um the problem i have the problem i have with this particular mission in terms of like that at first and second turn balance is because it's so order intensive and because you have to put your army in your potentially in your opponent's face the 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 response can just be brutal um like let's let's say op, like you optimize it or whatever you have one unit like one specialist on contr- like on each Oh, sorry, one troop would just say on controlling each of the things. That's at least three models or three orders that are in your opponent's face. Right? That your opponent can simply go and say, okay, I only have to move once or twice. I see this dude that you've uh, put near me. I kill him. You lose the points for controlling the beacon. I now go and kill both the guys off the turrets and hold, uh, sorry, the consoles and hold one of those consoles. I now get, and you know, I now get, let's say, two points to your one point in this particular round. And that's if the beacon's like in your half. So I, th- and I, I think like, I do like the mission. I think if they changed some of like, I think the moving the beacon, if that was end of turn scoring, I think just like just moving the beacon into their half, that was end of turn mm-hmm. scoring. That would incentivize, that would allow the first player not necessarily to control it and not to have to sacrifice a piece in your opponent's half. Um, otherwise, you know, yeah, I, I get it. Um, it is, a, but it is a rough mission for going first. Tough. It's super tough. Mm. I can't remember going first or not. But but now that you mentioned it, you are absolutely right that if you can keep your opponent off one of the consoles, like any of the consoles, and have kicked the beacon over to their side or just controlled the beacon, Mm -hmm. I mean, hell, I suppose you could be really cagey and bring it further towards your side, give them a point and control it on your side. Mm -hmm. Um, You could. 
yeah, like that. that I'll, I'll bring up another interesting thing for evacuation. But you could do that, and that's still you being up a couple of points. Well, yeah. there's three points you can get per turn, and it feels like you want to choose two and try to get the third. Yeah. And if you have to sacrifice that one to get two, you're still up by one point. Yeah, and then, uh, then you know, if you can compound that each turn, you're up by one point, two points. Mm-hmm. So at the end of it, you're up by three points. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we talk about, like, a tournament and punishing your mm-hmm. opponent, if, if you're up by three points, they don't get their defensive bonus. Yeah. If you're so inclined to think that way. Yeah. Um, one but, uh, thing that I would have to consider going first in this is if you try to control the beacon as first player, you also have to keep your opponent off of both of the consoles. Because if they come over and get a console, they move the beacon and it moves off of your model controlling it. You're no longer controlling it, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's 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 correct. So um, you, you can fortify it all you want, but the beacon might move without you. Yeah, I suppose the other thing you can do, um, which would... Uh, sort of um, hurt your opponent is you could on your turn um, get the beacon, kick it as far as possible, activate the beacons to go even further and be like, okay, I'm just going to back off from the beacon. It's you know mm-hmm. practically in your, you know, it's at the back of your th- thing, enjoy spending you know, four orders or whatever to try and mm-hmm. kick this back towards me. Mm-hmm. Um so there are some interesting things you can do going first. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think second has the simpler game, um, which makes it easier. I think going first, it's, yeah, it's one of those ones where you have to decide on the points you're going to go for mm-hmm. and only go for extra points if you know, you're really dominating the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, I. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's all there is. That that that's all there really is to it. There's not much of a trick there. I mm-hmm. think, I do think in this particular one that border skirmisher would be um, a big advantage. Um, yep. Being able it's to deploy, be mm-hmm. you at least get that extra inch drop down. You know, if you're a Bukta or any of those fast specialists. For the parachutist, I don't think it's as big of an impact. Um, but they get close for... to the console. Hmm? Yeah. They get close to the console. Oh, true. They get to deploy within very one to two order or two to three orders of the console. Yep. That said, um, and this is something that I think the description of the terrain um mm-hmm. Is really pal is like really important for this particular mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was playing uh, my game of B-Pong, I noticed that the way that the table was set up essentially had like two sort of L-shaped walls facing in opposite directions. That meant that each um, the beacon was like one bit. Be- uh, sorry, not one beacon. One console was covered for each um, like. Uh, for each of us mm-hmm. and I think if you're doing a tournament with B-Pong in it it's important to consider the def- like the position 
um, that the um, that the consoles are going to be in, mm-hmm. and probably it's one of the few times where I say try and make it symmetrical as far as the defensibility of each console is. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's you make a good point in a tournament. It's you have to make sure not just that there is a space to fit each of these on the appropriate place, mm. but that the accessibility of them is taken into account. Yeah. No, no, normally, I wouldn't, like, let's say an acquisition, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't really be, like, harping on about that. But in this particular one, because mm-hmm. you, have, you have to activate it, you have to control it, it's all at the end of the round. Uh, it, it's probably something worth keeping in mind that you want to sort of mm-hmm. keep the cover symmetrical. I don't know. Was it okay in your game, Josh? When you played B Pong, how was like? Did you? I mean, what was like the the result of your game? I think it was a draw. Okay. Yeah. Um. So you really got to experience like how difficult the the mission. It was. It was is. really tough. Yeah. Um, I was playing what, Caledonia against uh, Dante, who was playing. Uh, Emo, I think. Um, okay. And um, we were playing reinforcements as well. Uh, okay. So I. We like very, very little interaction with the, with the. Um, the beacon? With the beacon. Uh, I went first. Um, and didn't manage to do a hell of a lot of damage to to Dante, and I didn't. I scored zero points in my in, in the first turn. Um, okay. Uh, but I managed to to bring back a little bit by basically just applying judicial use of a um of a of a Mormir T two rifle um to all of Dante's forces um, because if you're playing against Mo a T a damage fifteen AP T two rifle bloody good thing um so yeah just um it was it was a tough game it's a tough tough game also just like anno reinforcement groups are insanely good just bolts bolts are insanely good yeah even if they are just marksmanship with a combi rifle just deleted everything that i had it was great that was one thing um when i was playing my game uh just as an aside um he had um, he had a Harris of like, uh, so like senior because he was playing um, for, uh, foreign company. He had senior massacre, Avicenna, and a bolt Spitfire. And I was thinking to myself, if because he went first, I, was, I thought to myself, if you were going second, that bolt, like I'd be in perfect range bands. That bolt would have just torn me to bits. Like that close range ability that they have, but um, yeah. All right, let's move on to um, our, our uh, next new mission, which is evacuation. Uh, so this is the uh, m- more handsome uh, brother, son, however you want to look at it, of uh, rescue. Um, have you guys happened to have a game of it? Yeah, I've played a game of evacuation. Yeah, I've played at least with- one game of it. So I think we've all had a, a game of it. So just going through the scoring real quickly, it's actually even very simple. It's at the end of the game, have extracted 
sorry, get one objective point for each civilian extracted. Then you get a point at the end of the game for each enemy HVT extracted. And there is one classified for one objective point. Uh, there is an exclusion zone in this mission as well. And the way this, the table setup for this one's a little bit sort of uh, a little bit more complicated. So you have five civilians all within the extraction, uh, sorry, exclusion zone. They're sort of play, there's uh, they're sort of placed in like that sort of what you see on a dice. So there is um, uh, four of them are eight inches from so on the edge of the exclusion zone, eight inches from the middle line, uh, twelve inches in. And then there is one dead center of the table. You then have your HVTs, which are deployed as per usual. You deploy two HVTs in this mission. Yes. And they Thank are you. deployed as normal. Yes. Um, and so the idea is you, in this mission, you go up to the civilian HVTs as well as the enemy HVTs. You pass the Civivac roll. So for anyone who's never touched or done Civivac before, it starts off as you go up to the civilian in, in, and into silhouette contact with a civilian. Uh, anyone can Civivac, as in any model can Civivac, except for REMs and impetuous models, uh, and models that are part of fire teams, or that have the peripheral rule. So your helper bots and your you know, like diva bots or whatever. Tard cannot convince the HTVT to go for a piggyback ride. Yes. Yes, but important. Batard can't, but Carmen can. Uh, as long as she chose to forfeit Impetuous at the start of the game. True. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. R wrong. <laughs> wrong one. To, wrong one to pick. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. The the controller of the peripheral. Yeah. Um, the controller of the peripheral unit doesn't have the peripheral skill. The the peripheral itself. Right. So in this case, Batard or. In the case of like the Razor, the Diva Bot, I think it's just the Diva Bot, I think it is. Right? They're the ones that have peripheral, the controller doesn't. So the controller can pick up the civilian. And you can pick up two civilians uh, per person. That's the yeah. maximum you can pick up. Yeah, a model so can have up to two models in Civivac. Yeah, exactly. So you go up to them, you pass initially a whip plus three roll. Right? And then that's for the civilians and that's for the, HV the enemy HVTs. If that roll has failed, you then lose that plus three and can pass the roll again to try and um, pick them up. Much better than the old rules for um, Civivac, if anyone uh, played ITS like 12 or something, where they would run away two inches and become hostile, and it was neg three at that point. Do you lose the plus three bonus now? Yes. Pretty sure I'm pretty sure I read it when I played it. You lose. Yeah, still if the roll has failed, play. this is repeated as many times as necessary each time. Spend the course playing skill. Um, oh, you. Oh, it's yeah, it's there. it's not in there though. There's a uh, note for if the civilian is hostile due to some other scenario or game condition, then the plus three mod doesn't apply. But failing the roll no longer makes them hostile. Oh, okay. Uh, apologies. So yeah, you get to uh, just keep rolling uh, to pick them up. Then uh, you go and do the one sort of special rule for this particular scenario, which is you go up to um, the uh, console, and for each 
civilian you have in CVVAC, you roll, so sorry, I should say, the console's output sent on a table on your deployment line. For every HVT that you have or civilian that you have, you roll a whip uh, roll, and you then extract that civilian or that HVT, and then that counts towards your points at the end of the game. So only a specialist can extract them. Yes, that's true. Though right. any model that we already discussed can grab the yes. HVT or civilian, bring them back to a specialist, and the specialist could then back them yeah. and evacuate and them. So it is important to point out when like transferring stuff like that, um, you uh, when you're transferring stuff like that, you lose. Sorry. Yeah. When transferring civilians and things like that, the one who's taking it has to be spending the orders, not the one who's yes. giving it. Uh, and other important to note is that the co the consoles are just consoles. There is no your console or your opponent's console. Yeah. Um, which means that you can grab an enemy HVT and use your opponent's consoles to extract those HVTs. Yeah. So. And Considering there are two, two civilians and probably two HVTs that are going to be close to your opponent's side, mm. that may be the quicker route. Especially late game when like the deployment sort and the defense sort of gets a bit more messy and you might be mm. able to sort of get your way through to actually getting into um, getting into like to your opponent's console. Mm -hmm. um, Early game, you're probably better off running them back. Yeah. Uh, so what was your game like of this, Nick? My game, I realized that the mission has a steeper learning curve than I thought it did. Uh, I did not expect how order intensive it was to get those civilians out. And I think the game ended, I want to say... Three points to two. Yeah. So and one of those points was because of the classified. Yeah. So we should. I I want to point out that because of the way like the like the civil vacuuming and the actual evacuation works to get the full amount of points like to extract all of your enemies the enemies HVTs and the civilians it takes at least fourteen orders because you have to extract five civilians. And two enemy HVTs, right? Fourteen orders to get, um, to get like full points that involves like no killing, no moving, right? Just like the move to get the civilian and the whip roll to get into Civivac or the whip roll to extract them. Yeah, fourteen orders is huge. Yeah, it's a and massive. That's assuming that the specialist picks them up and civivacs, or it picks them up, civivacs, and uh, evacuates them. Yeah, and so no handoff. It, like, it's obviously not taking into account the orders spent to do the moving up and forth. Any sort of like any sort of like as soon as you spend ten orders shooting at your opponent, I'd probably mm -hmm. say at that point, ten, if like a ten nil or whatever win. Impossible. It's gone. Yeah. Right. It's impossible. This one, if you're going to get 10 points on, you either kick the shit out of your opponent in turn one. So <laughs> like, not into retreat. <laughs> yeah, though not into retreat. Um, or your opponent has made 
a massive mistake where and you're in an army that like you've got brando de castro who's a specialist with superior infiltration mm-hmm. it's about the only situations i can think yep. that you'd be able to comfortably do this uh, comfortably be able to um get 10 orders yep. uh, sorry now, 10 uh, objective points it is more order intensive but one of the things i really like about this over rescue is that once you've spent those orders and you have evacuated the HVT, it's a point. The points are locked. They are your points. Your opponent can't take them away by getting a good shot on a model. That mm. means you no longer have them in Civivac, which means you no longer get points for them. Now, if you spend all the orders, you get them in. The points are yours. They're banked. You just don't yeah. uh, count them until the end of the game. That's why, like, one of the things I wanted to to um. Like sort of play around with, and this is also with um, capture protect, is to get points more based on just where you manage to get the HVT to. Mm-hmm. Doesn't stop your opponent from pulling them the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is that this is that sort of thing where you get them to somewhere, and you've done something, mm-hmm. and you can lock in points. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see that this. This particular mission, like as far as the tournament goes, is about like getting that, getting to five victory points. Yes, and then just winning the game. Yeah. Like that, like if you're going for the win of whatever tournament um, or competitive game you're doing, that's what you're sort of looking for. Yeah. Uh, is... Josh, sorry, go on. I was like, this is probably going to be one of the a mission that, if it's in a tournament, you write a list around this mission. Yeah, I, I I definitely think I definitely think the ones we're probably covering um, with the new missions, if they're in mm-hmm. a tournament, they're the ones you build around. Yeah, uh, yeah especially this one. especially this one, because you can't because you cannot take like your toolbox ram is useless. Mm-hmm. Um, cannot it cannot pick up the civilians. It cannot extract mm-hmm. them. Um, and your um. And so you're looking for whatever fast, either something that's fast and tough with good whip, or you're looking for the full package in a fast, tough uh, specialist. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so if you have access to a specialist bike, you sh- <laughs> you should be trying to explain why you don't have them in your list. Yeah, uh, like it should key- be automatic in your list. Yeah, like the Ki- the Kuroshi Rider, the Arigato Killer Hacker. I can see them being incredibly powerful in this. Um, I tried in this particular one because I wanted to try it. This is, I, I've been trying to figure out like where the Stigmatron fits in to Bakunin. Mm-hmm. These, these missions that need fast, tough specialists, oh. perfect for it. Because it doesn't have to get out of its tag to no be a specialist. Way, it, it doesn't have anything that, well, technically it does, but it doesn't really have anything to get out of the tag. Uh, Josh, you had a similar experience to Nick, didn't you, where your game of evacuation was relatively low scoring as well? Yeah, super low scoring. Um, I got the win purely off the benefit of Tristan rolling too high on a couple of his whip checks. Um, so, you know, his fiddler just could not roll under an 18, <laughs> which means yeah. that, um, 
you know, unfortunately, uh, she failed to super back a couple of models and she failed to um, extract them after she'd super back them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, it's super order intensive, like we've already stated. Um, it's it's a, it's it's a it's a very difficult mission to score high on. Um, interestingly, uh, there's nothing stopping you just from a quick pass of the rules. There's nothing stopping you from extra- extracting your own HVTs if you really want to spend orders to deny your opponents points. Uh, I think it is a an oversight, but it is possible as written to extract your own HVTs. Yeah, um, you have to have the- a civilian and your own HVT on the same model. The civilian allows you to do the extract skill, and then the extract skill doesn't say you. It has to be an enemy HVT. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yes. yes. Okay. They've yeah. missed a single word in the. Yes. In the there is one thing. instance of HVT that does not have enemy on it. That should have said enemy. On yeah. a on a re on a repass of the rules, it actually wouldn't stop your opponent for you would actually just be scoring your opponent points. Um, because um, it does say for the, at the end of the game for each extracted, extracted enemy HVT. HVT. Yeah, you're uh, right. No, yeah. Uh, the HVT has the property of being extracted, therefore... Yeah. That, that does bring up another... So the, the two main objectives, I think, need to be rewarded. They because do. as it stands, based on that reading, yeah, everyone, uh, gets, everyone gets points for every civilian that gets extracted. <laughs> yes. Well, because, great. It's just um, a classified. It's just score you classified, that's it. Done. Game yeah. over. <laughs> yeah, because as it sta- with the wording as it stands... Um, no one gets credit for extracting a civilian, and everyone gets credit for each extracted civilian. Yeah. This is this 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 is even even like, you know, we can sometimes complain about like the Spanish to English translation issues. This is just like us picking, looking at them and like, oh yeah, technically. The civivac order. The civivac order needs civ- a, a change. Being able to change. extract your own HPT is a oversight typo type. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I the main objectives really need to clarify for each uh, civilian you have you extracted. extracted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Well, um, I, mean, it, I mean, if that's the, the case, it, it's turned this into a very low scoring game into a very high scoring game where it's very hard to, um, yeah. Uh, oh, look, to, it's five five <laughs> to, yeah, to, to, uh, to like not draw. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I, I can see a lot of this game is one of two things is as far as scoring is fighting over that middle civilian mm-hmm. um, or you're classified as well mm-hmm. as trying to in your first turn snipe your opponents um, one of their HVTs uh, or their specialists it's also one that you can look at the board and go where yeah. are my opponent's specialists yeah, because if you can look and go, they've got three specialists, and I can take them out first turn. This, um, this, this is one of the scenarios that would be really good to pair in like a tournament to pair with um, uh, anyone that gives you points for killing specialists. Uh, firefight, firefight, firefight. Yeah, yeah, firefight. Right. The this would be great because you would make a list full of specialists. Mm-hmm. And then you yeah. come to firefight, and you'd be like, "Oh, I might have oh, to." Yeah. Uh, um, so the, the oversights in the wording aside, uh, Josh, you do have a point. Um, you can civvy vac your own HVT. 
Um, there's okay. nothing stopping you. That is perfectly legal uh, okay. in, in any scenario. Uh, so I mean, that, that's that, that that used to be the you thing. You could I'm... spend the extra orders to put your HVT in an even worse place for your opponent. Yeah, that's what that that's what used to be sort of a thing you would do in um, unmasking is you'd grab your HVTs and pull them. Yeah. You spend your turn pulling them back so that they're harder mm-hmm. to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had. I mean, I think we all had a very similar experience. Mm-hmm. I happened in my particular game. I think it was five two. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say or five one, something like that. Um, uh, interestingly, though, um, and we sort of brought it up earlier, is in this mission. Uh, I suppose it's, I don't know if it's kind of hit, if it's really hidden or anything. Tags are actually really good in this mission because they're tough. They can pick up civilians. Generally, have pretty good whip. And when you get them back to um, your console, if you especially if you've got enough orders, you just pop out the pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know my opponent had the Oyoroi, um, and he's and he's trying to figure out how to like pass it off to his hacker and all that sort of thing. I was just said to him, just use the pilot, just pop the pilot mm-hmm. out. And because the way when you civivac something, it's now it's then just like a token mm-hmm. that just needs to be in silver contact um, with the model. As soon as you pop out, the Oyoroi's model is now the pilot. So it just is in base-to-base contact with the pilot. The pilot then does its thing, come, goes back, jumps back into the deck. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think this like one of the better things is piloted tags um, in this mission, um, especially if they're like a small piloted tag. I think... Uh, probably the way to go because they're quick, they're tough, and they can mm-hmm. actually do the extraction. So they're the full package as far as this mission is concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I agree. Pilot tags are great. Um, yeah, the I think the whole the the Civivac rule in general needs a, a bit of a reword um, because there's nothing in evacuation that turns civilians hostile um so you never have to worry about your host, the hostile civilian um rule um a hvt is not technically a civilian so can you still civivac a, a civilian it used to be that um it, uh, it used to be that there was a uh, I, I, um, hvts uh, are civilians i don't believe that's the case but i could be wrong um, it will be in the HVT rule specifically. Um, and yeah, so there's a, there's a few things that need to sort of have a bit of a rework, but otherwise, you know, I think it's a, it's a, it's de- it's a definite improvement on rescue. I, um, I'll, I'll say that much. Um, yeah, good. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, HVT models are neutral civilians to both players. There you go. There you go. I think I think what might I don't know. I, I was I was I was going to say maybe make the enemy HVTs uh, hostile, but all I can think of that is if you do that, there's going to be too many situations where somebody's stuck rolling on a thirteen or fourteen and can't just roll the fucking number. In addition yeah. to those fourteen orders. Each of those orders is a whip roll. 
and yes. only half of only seven of them are at plus three. The other seven are flat whip rolls with no ability to get a bonus. And yeah. even yeah, my game as well. Uh, we I think my opponent had worse luck with me than I with than I did. Where he just sat there and had to burn orders to get a civilian extracted. Because yes. if he didn't do it, he wasn't going to get another chance. Yeah. This this is another this is another mission where I'd like to see a little bit of like a little bit of the scoring changed up just a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. In that you get a point for each civilian up to three. Mm-hmm. And then you have a uh, points for same amount of civilians and more civilians. Yeah, that would be good. So a little bit closer to um, rescue in that there's uh, relative progress, not just absolute progress. Yeah, um, and th- that would allow it to be a little bit higher scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, would allow, would be nice on people who just get bad lucked on mm-hmm. dice, like. Mm-hmm. I mean, eventually you're going to do the roll, right? If you extract two and your opponent extracts one, you're mm-hmm. golden. Um, and even then, the, um, you know, even if you manage to extract, like they say you extract three civilians and you get like plus two points because you've got more. If your opponent uh, gets both the HVTs and they're classified, it's a draw. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I I think this is it's it's a it's a good better twist on rescue. Um, I really enjoyed the game. I have yeah, it is complicated. Yes, you will have to build your lists around it. Um, I don't know if it's going to be really mean to any particular factions. Um, because any faction that I think that doesn't have the greatest specialists. Um, you mentioned Caledonia before. Um, Josh. Maybe don't have the best specialist, but they got smoke, so they can make it easy on themselves to actually push up. So, I think this is a good. It's just a good mission. Yeah, rescue is uh, going to be a tough mission for a lot of those, um, a lot of the older um, designed sectorials. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's going to more be dependent on the speed at which the sectorials specialists move. Yeah, that because uh, if you've that, got a sectoral that doesn't have specialists over four four. It's going to be a rough mission. Yeah, that that's the one thing. Like, play, like the one disadvantage of Bakunin, for the most part, is that they're slow. Um, and so, yeah, that was one thing that I was like, mm, uh, like a, a sectorial with slow specialists is going to mm-hmm. struggle, but they'll have advantages yeah. in other places. Mm-hmm. So. I think I've spoken enough about the last two missions. Who wants to do uh, last launch? I think it is. Uh, sure. Uh, I have not played this yet, and I I think both of you haven't played it yet either. No, I've only uh, I, I I like I said I had the benefit of testing because this this was based on um Dante, our local Dante um his mission for the um for the Lost of Lieutenant custom mission challenge. There's a little shout out to him in the actual ATS document, which is amazing. Um, yeah. So we should we should should yeah. point out right underneath the title last launch. Dante gets like a personal shout out, and we get a personal shout out. Um, so when we promised that we promised that you could get a mission in uh, ITS, we weren't lying. You absolutely could. 
we deliver. Yes. So uh, this, this was this was his uh, like Mikey Lost Lover thing, but it's sort of split in half, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, last launch and evacuation are basically Dante's scenario split in half. Okay. Yep. All right, yep. tell us about it, Nick. Uh, so with the scenario, <clears throat> um, one moment, sorry. <laughs> hmm. Lovely bit of dead air for the people listening to the uh, stream of this. Get him. He had, uh, he had to drink the water. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, He's so human. Get him. This is the one where there is a... Uh, control or an armory in the middle, and your goal is to evacuate your own troops off the board. So, start off with objectives. At the end of the game, have extracted more army points than the adversary for four. Uh, have extracted more specialist troops for two. Have killed more specialist troops for two. Uh, have killed the same number of specialist troops for one. And then at the end of the game, dominate the launching tower for one more objective point, with one classified to round it out to ten. Uh, there's an exclusion zone eight inches from the center. Uh, no quarter, obviously, because the escape route is in the middle of the board. So there's two ID scanners eight inches in from the table edges on the center line. Uh, you can use a short skill to download an ID from that. Only specialists can do it, and it takes a whip roll. Uh, however, the specialist can then swap the ID for a short skill to a friendly, or to an allied trooper who does not have to be a specialist. Uh, troopers can have up to one ID at a time, and can't be in marker state when they have it. Interestingly, with this one, um, I don't think this particular one like you know how we talk about the one who's picking it up has to be the one who spends mm -hmm. the order. I don't think this one has it because it's the player that swaps the IDs. I don't know. Uh, trooper has to be still in contact with an allied trooper with an ID. So it's the no, no, trooper that's receiving the ID. It's oh, like it's same language as it always is in no, 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 your it's a trooper receiving the ID that spends the short skill. Yeah. yeah, so I didn't read this. It's got. I want to point out that there's three bullet points of this fucking skill. I read two of them and didn't read the last one, which says the <laughs> ID token is put next to the trooper that declared the skill. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so the launch tower is in the middle of the board. Uh, it is an objective room. Uh, it has four wide gates, uh, and they start open. Uh, the ID checker is a console in the middle of the launch tower. And a trooper with an ID token can use the extract identified trooper short skill if they're in silhouette contact with the ID checker. Uh, with a note that they cannot do this as part of a coordinated order, uh, which was a nice little holdover from uh, Dante's scenario. Uh, I don't think I've seen that in any other ITS mission before. What was the what, which one oh, was that? Oh, uh, prohibition on using a scenario skill as a coordinated order. Uh, oh, Civivac okay. is the only one that I can think of that has the provision. Um, okay. 
okay, so you can't you can't have yeah. four troopers with ID scan yeah. at the same time. You, each one of them has to do a whole uh, short seal by themselves to extract. I'm gonna um, I'm I'm gonna gonna toot my own horn here. That was an edit that uh, I made. <laughs> to yeah, just no. it. It, it, um, I, when I saw it while editing the scenarios, I really liked that. And it's like, yeah. oh, that was they was thought like, this through. That was a I, a niche little thing to I, catch. I'm fairly certain I did it to him. And okay, uh, see, I, was, I was about to say, did this come up in play testing? Because if you managed to just think about it, that, no, yeah, no, 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 I'm not that clever. Yeah. Um, the yeah, no, I I did it to. I mean, it did come up. Like I, it came up in play testing because I performed it as a coordinated order and um, extracted almost a hundred points off straight away. Uh, so yeah, it was um, interesting. So the effects of extracting identified trooper, uh, no need to perform a role, uh, remove the trooper from the game table and any peripherals that it has that are inside the launching tower. Uh, add the removed trooper's points cost to the player's extracted army points. Uh, each player's extracted army points total is open information. Which is a new, uh, like it's, that's a, mm -hmm. points being open information is is something that is yep. not... That, that was my edit. Was that your answer? That's very cool. <laughs> yeah, that, that whole bullet point was one that I put in. Nice. Uh, troopers removed in this way still count toward players' victory points, even if they entered a null state or dead state during the order they were evacuated. That oh, oh, oh. is something that they added in, and I really like it. That's really cool. Uh, so that means that you can do a suicide rush to extract yourself, and if you're corpse gets out of here that's fine because they can res you once you're once you're off planet i i like i like the idea of like of going into a star star trek mm -hmm. transport or whatever the fuck they're called yeah you get to the other side and you've just got a hole in your chest yeah. from where <laughs> someone's shot you you're like oh but the the commanders look at your dead body on on their transporter uh platform and go Success. <laughs> we got him out. Uh, we got him out. That does interact with the killing rule because the killing rule in this scenario has an extra paragraph on it. And that's troopers that have been extracted are never considered to be killed by the adversary. Uh, so really not only cool. do they... Basically, it means that any trooper that went down to enemy fire as it was being extracted is, re is healed back up and doesn't count as killed by the opponent, and counts as being extracted for you. In interestingly, that might mean that, like, if if you have some way of knowing for sure that your opponent's going to extract that troop, there's no point in shooting at them. You may right. as well do something else. Yes. Uh, so I don't know, dodge for extra movement or something. I don't know. Yeah. You get in front of troopers that are going to get to the point the ID checker as well. Yeah. yeah so. Well, or, or uh, probably one that's really good is if you see that and you've got like drop bears or mine launch or something, mm -hmm. shoot that stuff. Yeah. Deploy a crazy koala or something that can actually stop the next guy from getting through. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Special I, I... troops, baggage. Uh, there is an Evo hacker special rule for this, and that is troopers possessing Evo hacker device can be extracted without using an ID. Which. It's a nice little add on there because the evil hackers are the ones in charge of the extraction, so mm -hmm. it seems makes sense that they would be ID'd already. Yeah. Interestingly, what happens if an evil hacker that is concentrating on a spell um, 
using some D&D terms, uh, gets uh, extracted. I would assume that uh, it is cancelled immediately because they're no longer on the board. Is that a cancellation clause for any of I don't know. <laughs> Uh, that's what I think stuff like that because of this scenario we are going to find little clauses in there that need to be addressed but I'd rather see those come up and be addressed and have a scenario like this yeah I had I had a I had a similar I I, believe it or not had a similar idea um, for the uh, missions I didn't get written in time uh, which was the idea of grabbing a HVT and extracting with the HVT, the idea of the idea being that you're trying to like, kidnap somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's interesting with this is if you if you extract too early, mm-hmm. you're left with however many points down. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, you're left with however many points down, which obviously means that your opponent might be going. I can extract turn three. There's no retreat in this scenario. I'm just going to obliterate you mm-hmm. um, and then go back. I think also this is a really good mission to try reinforcements with because you could extract your 100 or whatever points and then drop in the reinforcements. Isn't reinforcements triggered on victory points? Uh, reinforcements are triggered on victory points. Reinforcements would not function well with this scenario. Oh, because they, the extracted oh, still troops count. still count toward your victory points. I, uh, I so you could, yeah. This scenario, if you used reinforcements, you could actually lock yourself out of being able to bring your reinforcements in. I see. I really think. I really think. However, you have to word it. I'll need to I have a look at the. Um... Oh, sure. Except for that, turn three, you could always bring them in. Yes. Yeah. Turn three, you can always bring them in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you can't lock yourself out of it, but you can <clears throat> force yourself to not be able to bring them in turn one or two. Turn two. Trent, Trent is saying, wait, no, wait. So I assume he's got something to say. Reinforcements is triggered by victory points. Yeah. That was my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that they still count. Uh, I reckon, I reckon, I mean, I don't know how you'd have to word it, but I reckon they should, for the sake of, Reinforcements they shouldn't count to your victory points. It'd be interesting to like be able to pull in your reinforcements early in this like one scenario. Um, yeah, it's a it's a cute little scenario. Um, but again, um, just like the other two we've covered, still relatively order intensive. You've got to obviously do. Gener- you know, you got to generate your the IDs or download yep. the IDs. You then got to pass them off to anything that doesn't isn't able to get their own ID. So some sort mm. of you know uh, a tag, for instance, <laughs> which is not a good example because you're the pilot. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, to use that to then pass it off to then go and scan it to extract it. Um, I think it is going to be very much a game of getting your IDs, giving it to the guys that you want to extract turn three, and then on turn three, extracting as many points as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if it, you know, it seems like something's going to die, just try and extract it. Yeah. That's, that's the good point too. If, 
if something's going south for a model and you're just like, oh, I just got to get this thing out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the last ditch yeah. thing. Just oh, pull it out. Tag with one wound? Yeah, anything. Yeah, anything with one wound. Some, yeah. some, some, ah, um, I don't know if, I suppose Mormo is a good example of it. Mormo in dogged state. Oh, I oh. something in dogged. Actually, yeah. anything in no, but I, specifically the Mormon because it's really expensive. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking at uh, baggage applies to if you are extracted with baggage, uh, you points, count yeah. plus 20 points towards your extracted army points. So um, extracting Maggie could yeah. basically could almost lock in uh, four victory points or four objective points. Yeah, because that's. If you if it was a three hundred point tournament and you extracted a Maggie who's not hugely expensive, I mean it's not cheap, but not uh, hugely expensive. Well, correct. It, it's still less than extracting an avatar. Yeah. What's, <laughs> even with baggage. So what's that? Is it a hundred points if you extract a Maggie? Uh yeah, Maggie uh eighty five or eighty eight. So Yeah. Yeah, you're looking at what, hundred and eighteen points. Probably. Um That said, um all the baggage bots, well worth yes. getting them extracted. <laughs> and Evo yes. hacker bot. Um, so I had a look at Evo supportware. Supportware program is automatically cancelled if the target of the supportware unit is targeted by a new supportware program, or if the hacker running the program enters the isolated state or any null state, they're not entering an isolated state or a null state, therefore the supportware stays. Okay. I would assume. Also, that interesting um, that it, how it um, would interact with lieutenants. Lieutenant's not on the game table. If you extract your lieutenant, lieutenant's not on the game table, so it doesn't provide their order, but they're not entering the isolated or an old state. So therefore, uh, no, it's because your, your, your uh, lieutenant, lost lieutenant also includes if they're not on the table. No, it says if they haven't been deployed, if they were not oh, previously it... deployed on the game table. So if they were, okay. if they had been deployed at the start of the game and then were extracted, yes, and they were still your lieutenant, mm-hmm. you functionally render yourself immune to loss of lieutenant. I, I, I would, I would say that like the change to this would be that an extracted troop just enters the extracted state which has the null tag that would be in there okay that would be an interesting yeah. way that, of doing it that would it. patch it up very because you've, you've already got that clause that say that uh, troops that have been extracted so you would mm-hmm. say that troops that are in the extracted state are never considered to be killed because that's the only thing that's important there. Mm-hmm. Um, other, otherwise, mm. honestly, otherwise, the very first thing I'd do in this game is have my whatever my cheap-ass lieutenant is, and I just pop it out and be like, fuck you, no, you don't get to deal with my lieutenant. Yeah, but I mean, like, look, I don't... There's, I don't often play games in games where loss of lieutenant is actually an important factor less so now that i'm playing combined army um like i mean the i can count on like two hands and i've played what would seem to be hundreds of games now i think i can count two hands the number of times i've been put of loss of lieutenant Mm. i think i can count on another on another set of two hands right the amount of times i've put someone into loss of lieutenant it's like, unless someone's being very, very um, forward with their LT, I don't think it's something that re- people really need to worry about. 
too much. So, you know, who cares if you extract your lieutenant or not? Otherwise, Karoshi's just going to go zoom, zoom, zoom in. Well, I mean, we we are we are spending all the like we we are spending all this time talking about two very niche things. I mean, how often do you really see at this point Evo bots buffing things up? How many IDs well? can somebody hold? Uh, as many as they like. One. Common rules for ID tokens: a trooper can only have a single ID at a time. There you go. Yeah, perfect. Uh, That's good. However, there's also there is no lockout on the console, so a trooper could a specialist could grab an ID, someone could grab it off of them, they could reactivate, grab a new ID, and someone else could take it off of them. I like the idea that depending on how like, your board is set up, you can like conga line the ID, some guy picks it up, and you have one really fast troop ferrying them in between them. Mm. Um yeah, no, it's, again, it's a, it, all these scenarios are very similar in the fact that they are relatively order-intensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I like the, that said, I like the scoring in this one. I wouldn't say that this is a particularly low-scoring game. Um, you just uh, have to be really strategic about what you extract to try and get the most bang for your buck. Well, almost every scoring point in this game is based on, rel- is relative to your opponent. So yeah. someone is going to get the points. Yeah, it's exactly. deter- we're playing to see who. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's nice to see that obviously that they've split these uh, missions up because I remember uh, reading Dante's uh, first version of it and um, my head spinning uh, with all the things they had <laughs> uh, with like the star-crossed lovers and. Um, it would have yeah. been funny. It would have been funny if they kept calling them instead of IDs, kept calling them Mikeys, and people going, "What the <laughs> fuck is a Mikey?" Uh, for anyone, any international uh, listeners uh, listening, a Mikey is like a bus pass in Melbourne. Um, I don't know why it's called a Mikey card. But it's just like legitimately the name of it, M Y K I. I think um, it's because it's supposed to be your key to public transit. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, yeah, it's just like any other Elf sort of weird. <laughs> Yeah, any other sort of bus bus pass. I know in the UK they've got similar sort of things. You load it up with money, or you pay for mm-hmm. like a month subscription to public transport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so those are the main two new missions. Uh, maybe just quickly now we'll burn through the missions that are the same as we had before, but might have some slight changes from ITS fourteen. Uh, we'll quickly go over and you know uh, give our opinion on. Uh, whether that really impacts um, the mission itself. So we start with acquisition, where they've uh, removed the Corsair, uh, which will be common if there was a Corsair or a Bashi um, from ITS-14. That'll be gone now because it's an extra. Uh, And remove the low-gravity areas, um, but added in crazy creatures. Um, I should say about that. Crazy creatures yeah. good. Yeah, I can see. Uh, I can see the, I, again. I can see the crazy creatures frustrating holding the point. But like I said, I would just kill the crazy creature as soon as you can. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it spices up the free model you get for the mission. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Biotic Vol, nothing's changed there. It's still your good old um, get out of that zone. Um, or if you're like one of our more inventive listeners, uh, keep uh, 
have just um, Asawiras sitting in the Biotech 4 zone um, and have them heal slash regenerate or just take no damage, uh, which is a fucking hilarious idea. PS9 is fun. Yeah. Uh, Capture and and Protect, uh, Decompression Zones are replaced with the QAZ Zones and Master Breacher uh, replaced with the Hazops. Uh, So... Small change there. Uh, however, I think the QAZ's zone will have a better impact than the decompression zones did. Yeah, like we've already said. Yeah. So I don't think in, I don't, don't, know, don't know if it's necessarily going to be like a different impact. It's still going to be that sort of blocker there, but at the very least, it's going to add danger to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, cannon measures uh, again removed mm-hmm. the secadet uh, and added crazy creatures. Um, uh, so there was there was a wording change in countermeasures. Um, the three starting classified objectives are now drawn before choosing army lists, whereas okay. in the previous season they were drawn at the start of the game, but it didn't specify where in the start. So, mm. like normally with classifieds, you draw them before you choose your army. In countermeasures now, the first three that come out, you get to see before choosing your army. Which which is really good because uh, it's just good because it's nice to see that that would give that would really turn, like, first turn is really powerful in that mission. Yes. Because yeah. you get to pick both the army that can, like, and hopefully the way you deploy to, like, perfectly get those classifieds. Because mm-hmm. I think too rarely in Infinity do we see missions that really are advantageous to the person who goes first. Yeah, and then they go, and then and then and then the classifier just cucks you and goes, "Okay, you've got capture, rescue, and predator. Uh, Do you do those?" (laughs) True, true. But at the very least, you know it from the get go. You do. Although, I suppose you only have to do capture or whatever for a turn, don't you? Because it right. changes that end of the game to end of turn conditions, doesn't yep. it? End of game round. It changes them to yeah. end of game round. Yeah. All game round. Uh, yeah, yeah, not end of turn. Yeah, that's about whatever. Uh, decapitation. Uh, removed no gravity zones. Replaced them with quantum anomaly zones. Master Bridge have been added to Hazops. So again, about the same as it was before, uh, with the zones now probably having a better impact. Mm-hmm. Firefight. Uh, removed the low gravity zone, replaced with the QAZ zones, and removed the Corsair. Uh, Frostbite, we've gotten rid of uh, the decompressions, uh, decompression zones. Uh, Master Breacher is now Hazop, whatever. Um, and uh, the Chez Vasti and Baggage rules now apply to uh, Frostbite. Yeah, there, there were two uh, missions that previously did not have those that they've added them to this year. Arata, I was wrong. Countermeasures, end of player turn, not end of game round for end of game scoring. Classifieds. There you go. Oh, turn. Wow, yeah. So yeah. yeah, so that's still really powerful. You just pick, like, I don't know, your fast forward deployment shit or something. Um, it just so, reminded me, Frostbite, does it only do one hit to your dudes? Uh, no, Frostbite... Uh, if they're in the center zone at the end of the game, uh, if they do not have a heating system, so not a rem, not a tag, not heavy infantry, not the master breacher, or hazmat ops, uh, yeah. they die. 
they go to dead if, sorry, or they go if on If they're constant. not in the heated zone, they die. They die. Yep. They are killed. Uh, so, so this so, means so, so, that... So they go, to, they go to dead. They're dead. Yeah, they're dead. Yep. They don't go to unconscious, they go to dead. So then, what, what, what's they the counted point? as dead? Because uh, if you have if you have, so, if you have Shazvasti in a um in the Shazvasti state, they still count as in heavy infantry. If they, and yeah, still heavy if you have a heavy infantry or a sphinx in there that's unconscious, the Shazvasti rule still applies. Uh, right. Likewise, baggage bots uh, now apply the baggage bonus if they're in that zone. And I learned yeah. that Sphinx and has the Chazvasti rule. Oh, I, I, yeah, I thought yeah. about that. I said that and went, I don't know if that happens. Um, it doesn't. They, don't. They, have, they, have, um, they have remote presence. They don't have Chazvasti. Oh, okay. There's uh, no Chazvasti in there. Does the Chazvasti rule count towards VP? Uh, no. No, it's just it's toward controlling just for, zones. Just for controlling zones. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're, okay, if you're unconscious... In the middle, as she has fasty. Sure, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, anything with like controller zone, I just assumed she has fasty works anyway. I likewise, but apparently there were yeah. two that didn't have them that they added them to. Um, just haven't had that combination of things happen yet. Yeah. Uh, Frontline uh, has removed the decompression zones, replaced them with anomaly zones. Uh, it's probably going to be a pretty common thing we're going to see. Highly classified. Uh, Master Breach is now the Hazop. There's no uh, zero gravity zones. There's no more extreme like red deck mode because I don't I don't think the red deck exists anymore. Uh, I'm all but certain it hasn't, but I don't remember if it's been actually verified. There's a green deck and a red deck. Some people some people in Europe already have their decks. There's a green deck and a red deck. The red deck is the battle operations deck okay. for resilient. Okay, right, yeah. Just yeah, which we'll uh, talk about short for a short mm-hmm. amount of time. Yeah, uh, soon. Uh, just getting through learning a sabotage. Oh, sorry. Oh, and hey, um, sorry. Highly classified. Uh, yeah, highly classified. Uh, added joint right. command. Yeah, joint command. Um, <laughs> learning a sabotage, which will come big if you need O12 prestige and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, learning and sabotage. Uh, no more low gravity area and all the corsair added joint command. Mine wipes the same. Panic room. They've added shows fasting and baggage, obviously for um, controlling the uh, center room. Um, have also added joint command. Power pack. They've removed the CSU or the sec debt. Added joint command. Supplies. They've removed the uh, low gravity area and the uh, sec debt, but have added crazy creatures. Cool. Supremacy. Have no longer have the no gravity zone or the CSU sec debt. They have added crazy creatures. The armory and unmasking uh, are unchanged. Uh, as far as the direct action goes, um, annihilation's obviously been moved into the direct action missions. Um, so it doesn't have. I didn't think it had any classifieds before, did it? No. Yeah. It they removed low gravity and tossed to the direct action. Yeah. Otherwise, but, it's the same. Yeah, but battleground, cutthroat superiority, and uplink center for the most part haven't been. Uh, changed. The only difference is if there was a CSU or Corsair there before, they're not there anymore. Yep. So, the last introduction thing that was introduced to ITS-15 was the resilience operations. And unfortunately, uh, no one here on this cast has had the privilege of being able to play it yet because we haven't had the privilege of getting our hands on the new decks yet. 
I am going to be printing off all of the um, the, the um, sort of leaks that were were pushed out um, earlier on last week, um, and and playing a resilience ops mission very soon. I think. So, so I, I I'm not I'm not going to describe it because I reckon you one of you two will do it better because I'm not I think I know how it works but I'm not entirely sure. I can tackle this one. Yeah, um, go for it, Josh. All right. So Resilience Ops is, um, if anyone's ever played a bit of 40K, it's, uh, I think it was in 40K, it's Yams um, from 40K. You have a, we have a deck um, that has battle conditions and um, tactical objectives. There's a couple of um, ways that it's um, always set up uh, in terms of the game mode. There's always two beacons on each side at the um uh, at, at the edge of the each player's deployment zone, um, there is also always a, a um, HVT, and each trooper possesses something called a beeper. They are the ways that we interact with the tactical objectives. Um, at the start of the game, each player will draw two battle conditions and two tactical objectives. They will pick which one they want to play, and then those battle conditions and tactical objectives are compared to each other. If they pick the same one, they have to change. Um, then, uh, so there are four total things that change the resilience op. There's two battle conditions and two tactical objectives. Um, battle conditions can be things like the whole map is jungle terrain, or um, you have a whole map of jungle terrain, and then another one could be uh, two desert. Everyone gets each person gets a desert terrain. Um, saturation zone uh, so sort of your standard terrain rules that we've seen interspersed in ITSs already mm. tactical tactical objectives are ways that we introduce uh, um, objectives to the actual um, operation um, it's how we interact with the game elements on the table it'll be things like place a beeper in your opponent's um, deployment zone or be in contact with a beacon or do something to a HVT kind of a mixture of what we already have as um, ITS objectives as well as uh, classified objectives just merged together designed to create a different game experience every time you play. Um, and because this is printed in the ITS document, it means it's uh, a valid tournament mission as well, or at least a valid uh, tournament play style. And so do you still draw um, your own classifieds? You do not draw classifieds. Okay. These right. replace so classifieds. Right, so you've sort of got table, like table-wide objectives and the tactical yep. objectives, um, and you've got obviously the, let's just say, table-wide battle conditions, which is like battle a terrain or yep. some other effect. We obviously haven't seen the entire deck, so we don't know the entirety of them. The storm one was definitely the most interesting one. Battle conditions. Oh yeah, what one. was that? What was what was that one? Uh, troopers with uh, MSV biometric visor and X visor have plus one to their ballistic skill. I would have thought it's the other way around, but okay. Uh, no, they designed it so that there's only benefits. It basically, it, it, they're all benefits. Uh, there's no penalties, uh, which oh, okay. is a like similar to like how terrain zones how or board wide terrain has played a role in the last two ITS seasons, where it doesn't penalize, but it gives a buff to people who are specialized in it. And do you and do you um, 
like you know how you get like a beacon, HFT, and um, all, like all those parts. Do you put all of those bits down as part of the yeah, scenery so, and then uh, draw the cards? The, ta the tactical elements state that you you place all the tactical elements except for the turret, which would go down if a battle conditions um, card specifies that it goes down. Yeah. Uh, and then you place the beacons always in the same spots, and then you ha um, HVTs, which uh, you put your HVT down as normal. Okay. The beacons so, or the beepers are equipment that troopers yeah. have, so you don't have to place them. Yeah. No. So, like, it says the tactical objectives are worth three objective points each, but you've only got two of them, right? Uh, no. Um, I, I think Josh misstated. Uh, so each player shuffles their own objectives decks, draws four cards, and discards one. Ah, yeah, my apologies. Uh, and they only apply to the player who selected them, and they are private. So they're basically like three-point classifieds each. There you go. Uh, uh, okay. That, that's almost an interesting mind game of almost trying to hide from your... Like, if you don't correct. think you can do it at the end of your turn, it'd be worth not attempting to, so your opponent can't go, oh, you need to control that. I'm going to defend that thing. Uh, okay. Now... There's also a command token use. Once per once the tactical objective has been drawn, uh, players can spend one command. Oh, sorry, that's before the game still. Uh, you can spend a command token to discard one and draw a new one. So if you draw four and two of them are bad, you can pick one to discard. You can spend a command token to randomly replace one of them. Okay, but from what this describes, like the card will have do like do this like level of things to get up to three points. Correct. And from the ones that I've seen, uh, it is a degree of risk reward for how many points you get out of it. Yeah. And I some of them can be like, uh, I think one was very similar to uh, like, uh, what is it? like demolition, but basically put a D, uh, put a D charge on a piece of equip uh, train and it's two points if it's inside your opponent's half of the board, but three points if it's inside their deployment zone. But you have to declare it in secret before the game starts. I mean, a... you, have, you have to declare sabotage. I should point out, you have to declare. You technically have to declare sabotage as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, you, but have, you have you to have declare to... it in secret. Yeah. Oh, so okay. To, okay. So you have to. You have to be like. You have to be like. I'm going for the three points. Correct. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. okay, one, one yeah. that I thought was that I was really interested in one was King of the Hill, which mm -hmm. was um, a circular area in the middle of the table. It's the hill, um, and you have to dominate it for two points and subjugate it for three, which is a new term um, that we haven't seen um, that is included in the glossary, which is basically um, that the, you subjugate a zone if you are the only player to have a trooper in that zone. Right, so that's sort of, it's sort of like uh, like uh, controlling, but for an area. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I think there has been a call for the resilience operations. I feel, or something like the resilience operations, for a long time. That sort of random mission generation um that you that, that we see in a lot of other games i mean you talked about 40k uh where i know at least like the i think it's called maelstrom where yeah, the maelstrom objectives day. changed every turn which is a bit different uh but they also had a different mode where you could pick like a deployment area effect and like a, a like a grand 
objective throughout the entire sort of thing. And this is this is like that. Um, although, luckily, like you said, they're all advantages because I know in uh, I know in forty k you could have some that would just like every single unit you roll a dice on a d six they take a bunch of wounds because it's like you're fighting in a meteor shower. Yeah. It. Um, I'm, once I, I've seen I'm, being having all them being like all the train stuff is basically benefits, um, yes. unless it's something like a suppression zone where it's. It, the yeah. same thing for everyone, uh, which it, it, makes it just more fun. Yeah, um, they also like, they also tend to be like one of two things because well, the one I saw, uh, which was the desert one, is like desert terrain across the middle or sector zone stuff. All of the terrain cards are like that. They give you two choices. One is to put down either one or two, depending on the type of terrain. Uh, basically, decompression zones. Uh, and the other option is to make a strip of terrain across the middle of the battlefield uh, that will give a terrain boost, basically, to specific mm. types of troopers. I'm, I'm, I'm going to look forward to the Hakazlam players every time they shuffle that thing going, please give it the desert one. Please um, give it the desert one. Yes, after my comments on the last episode, when that card was spoiled, I got personal messages about, like, look, desert terrain is relevant. Because... <laughs> Like the, the, for Hakazam, that's universal, isn't it? Every single model uh, has visit trial. No, oh, it's not universal, but it is on a lot of models, and I don't know if we actually pay any points for it. I have never seen the math on it, like, but like all the Ghulams have it, most yeah. of the Grunts have it. So, but then stuff like Tariq Mansuri uh, went through the Super Soldier program, forgot how to walk on sand. Wow. I'll still point out that he just got too heavy. It's he gets eaten yeah. by sandworms. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have he doesn't know how to walk without rhythm. Yeah. Most yeah. of Caledonia, most of Morats have terrain jungle as well. Like mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's a whole something... fire team dedicated to Morats gaining terrain jungle if they join that fire yes. team. Yep. Um yeah. so it'll be interesting to have um some extra terrain rules yep. on there. Uh, and each of the terrain cards I've seen, the decompression zones had like almost all of them were terrain plus suppression, uh, but most of them had an additional feature. Mm. So I think the zero G one is white noise. Uh, the desert one is low viz. Um, uh, I think the the mountain one like gave climbing plus or something. Gave a benefit oh, to climbing yeah, plus. Yeah, yeah. The the ter- the mountain one gives climbing plus to people with terrain mountain, which immediately got a response of, "Look, my Yodum has climbing plus." Oh, well, it's it's better than the campaign where the Yodam had combat drop. Oh, <laughs> goodness! That was That's an old. Uh, the, it it's I think it was the one after the Yotam. Oh, it might have been the Yotan uh, blockade where yeah, there was a mission where anything with mountain terrain had um combat drop, and everyone's like, oh, I could just combat drop in Yodams. Um, yeah. So I think I think. This will obviously be one of our um, will be our ch- one of our challenges uh, to try and sort of encourage mm-hmm. our community. And yeah, big time spoiler alert! This will be our next challenge. Ah, uh, spoiled at the beginning anyway. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm really looking forward to to this. Um, I like I really do like the idea of because we we I think we had a challenge a long time ago, which was build this like an all comers list. 
and tell us what your experience is with that. And this is the sort of um, this is the sort of thing where that all comers list right mm-hmm. may really flourish in it. The uh, one thing, and it probably says here, I just haven't read it in detail enough. Is when do you pick your army list in these sort of missions? Uh, so you draw your objectives after you learn what faction your opponent plays, but before you choose your army list. That's cool. Right, okay. So it's standard sort of thing you pick your army list after you draw your cards. Yep. Cool. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but uh, yeah. The battle conditions are done after initiative. Oh, so you draw the tactical and then the battle conditions. The tactical are done before army lists are picked, and then the battle conditions are done between initiative and deployment. Right, yeah, but at that point you've got your uh, you've chosen your list. Yes, you've already locked yeah. in your army list, so you can't have like this army list is all mountain and this army list is all desert. And I'll see what terrain card I draw. Yeah. Um okay, yeah. Uh I mean, what about you guys? Uh you going to be trying this out, playing it yes. when it comes out? Big time. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. I think it's going to dominate most of my casual play um unless I'm preparing for a tournament. I think yeah. that it's just going to uh, be the way that I play the game. I think I think the other thing is I'm looking forward to seeing this almost in like a tournament session where Oh, I'd love to play it. I'd love where to have a Everybody tournament. everybody has a different experience. Right. My aim was to in either November or December to um to organize a three round resilience ops tournament. Yeah. It's it's almost like it it almost takes away. It's like you can it, with resilience operations. You can pick the army that you love, that you fucking love playing, mm-hmm. right? And there's no pressure on you to like. It's like you know when you look at some tournament missions and you have an army that maybe you're playing and you go, oh, they're just gonna suffer playing these particular missions. Like let's say if let's say it's like. I don't know, unmasking like things that like like all benefit hackers and you're loving Ariadna. You're like, oh, I'm just gonna suffer playing this. This particular one doesn't matter. You just pick whatever army you love, whatever lists you love. You go to the tournament, and you know you just try and make the smart choices when you do the draws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think am... I agree with Josh. This is probably going to be a really good go-to for. Game night pickup games, where that's one of the challenges I've had with Infinity mm. is game nights where you kind of have there's to no, there's no coordinate it to, yeah, or to have some lists that'll cover a fair number of missions because you're not quite sure what other people there will want to play. Uh, but this can. gives a really good. Uh, we can both show up, not have planned this out the previous week, uh, bring a list that we're interested in playing, and pull out Resilience. Uh, We could also, if we're both interested in playing specific missions, do those too. Like, uh, I I usually roll the d20 of Destiny to see what ITS mission I'm going to play, but then I just roll it again when I hit a mission that I don't like. So (laughs) might as well just pick a mission that I like or play Resilience Ops. I um, think the resilience also pairs nicely with the new missions because the new missions are all very 
complicated. <laughs> uh, they are tough missions. They are multi-stage, require a lot of forethought and planning, and really punish the player who tries to play them like Firefight. Yeah. Uh, so having it, it would be interesting to see the ITS missions move to now be freer to have more of the complicated missions because there's resilience on the other side to balance them. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I, think, I think that's maybe the hidden gem of mm-hmm. this particular resilience thing is in the casual play. Is that It's an IT- ITS thing where we're already sort of structured in ITS, but resilience allows for you to go and say, I want to play... I don't know what the fuck I want to play. Let's just do resilience, right? We can walk in and just deal out the cards or conditions. Okay, this is the mission that we're playing. Um, it also means that, you know, in between tournaments, like we are in Melbourne right now in a bit of a lull as far as tournaments goes, you're just like, I want to keep my skills up. Uh, all of these cards will have, you know, do a small objective, hold something, dominate something. Right, and you're like, okay, I can plan around doing all three of those things at once. Um, I yeah, I can't wait until uh, Josh hurries up and gets his order in. It's totally his fault. It's not my fault. <laughs> storms he, off the South China Sea delayed you, everything. <laughs> yeah, well, why did you cause the storms? Uh, it's my fault. I know you're an X man. <laughs> oh, I I, I I know you're some Nymphidian or whatever princess. Oh, <laughs> okay. Is that, what, is, is, that, is that what Storm is? She's like a Nigerian princess, isn't she? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Do I not, don't remember. I can think of one of their fictional. Yeah, it's like nations. a fictional African country, and she's like, I'm pretty sure she's a princess of it. Anyway, this is this is one. Mm-hmm. This is only for one nerd fandom. We don't have to bring in Marvel into this. Yeah. Look, what did we say about? What did I say about this in episode 100? It's it's just primarily not a 40k. <laughs> yeah. And uh, even then we brought it in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, New Primaris Jump Marines, though. Oh, no, stop. <laughs> Please don't. All right, guys. I think we have yeah. covered everything we can with ITS 15. I think uh, maybe in six months we'll re- revisit this um, <laughs> to tell you uh, how it goes. Uh, and, and how we're we were. Yep, and yeah, exactly. And uh, in the next couple of months, guys, look forward to our resilience episode where we'll um, talk about sort of our first impressions of the resilience operations and the deck itself. A quick Google Storm married T'Challa, which makes her the queen consort of Wakanda. Um, <laughs> the, uh, oh. the, um, also, uh, Trent has kindly. Um, because while we've been recording this, we've missed a, a brief army update. Um, the Zellenkrieger, as of this, as of this recording, the Zellenkrieger and a couple of new profiles have been added to Bakuna, Tagaska, Druze, Dashat, Starco, um, Caledonia, Vanilla, Ariadna. Uh, some changes to fire teams, um, and they've removed the Tractor Mule from Spiracle and Toha, and the F and the Tractor Mule FO and Repeater option um, because of the, it was only relevant in the previous ITS season. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, they said long ago they were going to remove this. 
All right. Maybe we'll, if there's anything significant, maybe we'll cover it uh, next episode. Not really. Just yeah, yeah, It looks like it's just the new okay. profiles and then where they fit into fire teams. Wait, so they've dropped reinforcements into sectorials? No, no, no. no, 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 the no. New... There's Zel- uh, the new comic. Zellenkrieger. James Zellenkrieger. Oh, right. Uh, then. Yeah. Denma, Conley, uh, and Uhahu. <clears throat> where you, you, they you, fit you, in you, and how they fit into fire teams. You, you, mean, you, mean, you, mean, you mean the expense of Morlocks? Uhahu's been changed to um, S1, which I think is a fantastic that's change. Fu- <laughs> 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 that's so funny. Oh, that's whole, that's that's really funny because she's a she's a good hacker. The, the the fact that she's like running around like, oh man, there's like you you in this battlefield you hear like this pitter patter of feet like Charles <laughs> feet and suddenly like this big heavy infantry guy and suddenly you just freeze up because this childlike looking thing has stopped you from moving. Uh, uh, it's great. It's great. Little uh, little funny. addition there. All right, guys. Um, oh, yeah. Hope you had a good time. I had a great time talking about ITS 15. I've had a really good time playing it, and yeah. um, I can't wait to uh, do this season. But I think we're going to finish it off there. I've I been your so. host, Jacob. Uh, I've been Josh. I've been Nick. Good night. Good night, everybody.